0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Last Change Podcast with Andrew and Ricky. Ricky, how you doing, pal?
1: I'm feeling better than much better than I was last week. You
0: sound a little nasally. You sound better. Um, so yeah, you're alive. Uh, so yeah. for this week, more of guests, uh, not just guests, more co-hosts. We've got a little roundtable discussion going. Uh, two uh, Devils Twitter characters. Uh, first up, we have, of course, the Brat Pack. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing great, guys. I just want to say thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to this for a little while. I, you know, I, I've done a few podcasts here, uh, you know, and no offense to any of the other podcasts I've done, but this might be my most looked forward to one. I know we're going to have some fun tonight.
0: We're going to hold you to that, and uh, regardless of what your opinion is after it's over, we're just going to go with that. <laughs> Fair um, enough. And then we also have Vito or Vitz on Twitter. How are you, sir?
3: Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, guys?
1: I believe it's V. Yeah. For saying it yeah. correctly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So obviously we had to assemble uh, the news team here because we haven't had news for a while. And the devils, they done did it today. They invited Thomas Hickey to camp. And holy shit, we could discuss this all night. Um <laughs> I mean, you
3: guys have been saying, uh, you know, Fitzgerald's got one last huge move up his sleeve. Let's give him the summer to do it. It's here, baby.
0: There it is. <laughs> well, I mean, my, my initial text to Ricky was, <clears throat> what the hell are the devils doing? And he responded with, what did they do now? But, I mean, I don't really see the reason for this. Normally, Fitz invites guys to camp um that... Might have a shot at making the team, more to create competition, but I just feel like, especially at the left uh, defensive area, we're so stacked, like, six guys. I, I just, I, I don't really understand, unless uh, unless no it's one gotta, else. It's yeah, got to be
1: a move for Utica. I mean, like, last year they brought in, uh, what was it, Watherspoon on um a PTO, and he ended up playing pretty well in Utica, actually. So it could also be,
0: yeah, it could also be, like, a strawman situation. He might not make the team, but if he looks... Decent enough. Another team will sign him.
1: I don't know. Realistically,
3: with you know the preseason games coming up, you know uh, the first full off season and preseason, if I'm not mistaken, since this whole COVID thing started, he could just be invited as you know to always have a sixth guy to dress in these preseason games. Brendan Smith is kind of an unknown. Uh, he seems to be that third pairing slash seventh guy, night in and night out. Um, Hickey, a former high draft pick. Again, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just you know, throwing it out there. He's he's there. See if he can, at minimum, be a serviceable seventh guy. And like Ricky said, just throw him in Utica. If, best case scenario at that point, and you always have a call up.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and Brad Peck will get your opinion on this in a second. It just it just sure. bugs me that um, all right, if you want to count him in as the sixth seventh guy rotating with Smith, and I just feel like. You're you're telling um ball Muka that you know, if if he shows up that or or Kachuk, however you pronounce his name, you call him Oshgosh Bagosh. Um that you that they have no shot at making the team this year. I mean that's that I don't really like that
2: aspect of it. But well, Bradley said oh, I think
1: Muka over in the KHL for the rest yeah, of the yeah, he's in Russia. Yeah,
2: He's not coming yeah. over. Um okay. the the thing with Hickey though, like I think one of you already said it, it's it reminds me a lot of the Watherspoon one where it's like I really see this as being a Utica move. Uh, Just have another veteran in camp. Uh, Another thing, I don't know if we see this in hockey as much, but I know it's a very common thing in football, is to invite guys who were previously on a division rival to your camp. Kind of just get some inside scoops, inside secrets, see how they run their systems. And Hickey is coming from the Islanders this could be a move to pick his brain for $700,000 out you know, I don't know what he's going to sign for, but if he ends up playing in the AHL and we have a guy from the Islanders to talk to, you know, again, I don't know if that holds as much value in hockey, but across other sports, you do see it happen every now and then.
0: He's also got 15 games of uh, experience to where he could um, tell the Utica Devils how to beat the Ontario rain. So I can't believe um, he was a
2: fourth overall pick. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: I thought
3: it was third.
1: I thought it
2: was third. Yeah. Fourth. Uh, Fourth overall by the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's also, uh, you know, set up his life in the area coming from the Islanders. He's 33 years old now. He may have taken a PTO, you know, whether it was devils, Rangers, Islanders, just to stay in the area, take what he can get.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean the big thing for me training camp wise, uh, regarding defense is really it's just Simon Nemitz. Right. Because we've been talking about the last podcast or two about we I just don't see how Damon Severson is on this team next year when you have Hamilton and Marino on long term deals and, and Nemitz should be getting into the lineup. That kinda sets the right side for the foreseeable future. So I'm wondering if it's just another veteran defenseman in camp where if Nemitz makes the team, Severson gets traded somewhere. Um Just replacing one vet with another? I don't know.
2: Could be if Nemitz doesn't make the team and and Severson gets traded somewhere and they have that hole that they need to fill, just kind of an insurance plan, but that's like every conclusion seems to lead back to the same place of this is a deep, deep depth move or insurance plan. I don't think anyone's planning on him coming into camp and just making a roster spot, you know, straight up.
3: No, especially because... they are pretty deep overall um, on defense at this point. Uh, There's more players than spots to fill. So it's not like we're waiting for a guy like him to really step up and fill one of those spots. It's more or less, he really needs to stand out and show that he belongs in order to make the team instead of, you know, years past, we need a guy that young, I'm not going to say of his caliber or, you know, prospect worthiness because realistically we've only had one and that's Luke. And he also isn't going to be there. So it, it, it's going to, for Simon, it's going to have to be like really stand out, really prove you need to be here uh, before you get the spot over one of these other guys type deals.
1: And one of the things that I've been talking about this past off season too, and, and after the draft I don't understand where we went, like how we went from having such poor deep defensive depth to like the depth we have now, including the prospects we have coming. And then we went in the draft, and we drafted one. The first two picks were dra- were defense. Fourth pick was defense. Fifth pick was uh, a forward. Fifth round was defense. Seventh round, we went like all defense in the draft. And then you look at our forward depth, and it's not great. I don't, I don't know why we're continually focusing on, on, these, on, on that aspect of the team when I think we're pretty set there. And I would have rather have given a PTO to somebody a forward. Um, especially we don't know where, what Michael McLeod's situation is. I don't know what's going on with him, especially with the stuff coming out today. Um, you never know if he's going to be with the team or not. So I don't, know, I don't know why we're not at least spending the money there. I mean, I think we're
0: pretty set on defense. I also think the prospect pool is pretty much at capacity at this point. And I think when you're talking about forwards, you probably want to load them up with potential first and second line forwards, which uh, with guys already in the league and um, Holtz and uh, Gretzky, if, if he gets over, I mean, I think you're set at the top six position. And so then why draft guys that, I don't know if you look for bottom six guys in the draft, those are pretty easy to get off of the waiver wire or, trades or free agency so i don't know i, I feel like we're done drafting um no
1: yeah, my point my, yeah my point is if if we were signing someone to a pto i would have expected it to
0: be a forward still probably will be um i i, I would imagine there's going to be two more uh, pto signings before camp starts next week
3: I'm gonna be honest it, i don't even know who's out there right now <laughs> i'd I stop paying attention well, well, it's, it's i don't any of out us out there
0: I didn't even think any of the Hickey was out yeah. there until... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it'll be somebody, and then we'll be like, oh, that guy's around. <laughs> um, but no, Ricky, you alluded to Michael McLeod, um, and it's not getting any better for him.
3: No. Yeah. Not, no, what happened there? You great. said something came out today. I, I didn't see any, I haven't
1: really... Yeah, so um, seen TSN attention. Hockey tweeted about, uh, I guess a player agent came out, and the, basically the long and short of it was uh, the player... they. they you know they're keeping anonymous, but my eight, my guy got a text message from one of his teammates that there was a party going on with pizza. Went up to the room, didn't know what, what how to process what was going on. He didn't know if it was consensual group sex or if it was a sexual assault. Stayed for 10 minutes and
0: left. 10 minutes is a long time. How many slices of pizza do you think he got? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean dude if we're if we're being serious about it, if he walks into a room and sees something that might be consensual or non-consensual sexual activity, ten minutes is a long fucking time to be
2: in the room in thirty seconds,
3: especially if now you're saying, yeah, maybe it wasn't so consensual. devil's point of view, uh they gotta cut ties with this kid. um he is not nearly good enough to be uh, a PR nightmare now or in the future, especially if it gets worse, which you know, odds wise, it's kind of looking like it's going to. You just gotta, you know, cut ties now, um, accept the loss in terms of the draft pick and him as a terrible human being. Uh if, you know, that all remains true. But ten minutes is a lot of fucking time, especially if your excuse is you went up to get some pizza and then right. like you saw some things that could or couldn't have been
1: according to the story. Uh, no, according to the story, it was like eight guys. At the same time, so... Yeah, no, this,
3: yeah. like Brad Beck said, 30 seconds and you're out. Uh, yeah, I, I feel
0: well, like the yeah, more noise the in there, the happening.
2: worse. You're out.
0: Well, look, I, not, to, not to name any names, but I, I personally know people that have played hockey at uh, junior level, at, like, you know, preppy organization traveling level, and I've heard a lot of stories about parties like this, and, and when I hear about you know, eight dudes in a room with a girl that might've been consensual or not. I've heard about what goes on in these things and it's horrifying. So, I mean, McLeod's done so as far as I'm concerned and, and regardless of the innocent till proven guilty thing, because most of the team has either said they weren't even in the province at the time, or they weren't at the event. And all of that stuff is easily refutable. You know, someone could say, come out and say, no, you were there. Here's a picture. So for McLeod to not say anything, not even a well lawyered statement about uh, not being involved in any wrongdoing, like a couple players have had. I mean, by process of elimination, if there's eight people in the room, I think there's only two left that haven't said anything, right? Yeah. So, correct
2: me. Sorry, go for it. No, no, no. You go ahead. So I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you know when this happened a long time ago, it was investigated and, you know, swept under the rug, buried, moved on from. And what we're doing right now is rehashing out and evaluating if the investigation was thorough enough or if it did a good job. I don't think that they are investigating the incident itself. The incident itself is, like, confirmed, done. You know, everyone has all the proof they need that it happened. We're just evaluating if the investigation did a good job with, you know, discipline versus sleeping, sweeping it under the rug. So a lot of this innocent until proven guilty stuff, or, you know, wait until we find out what actually happened stuff. I, I think it's a little misguided because the investigation's not to figure out what happened or figure out who was involved. We know who was involved. We're just digging through what the investigation, you know, if they followed the proper channels or whatnot, or if not. So if, you know, let's say, I don't know how many there were on the team, but if, you know, eight guys were involved and, you know, there's 20 guys on the team and 12 of them say that I have nothing to do with this and eight are silent or whatever the case is, you know, it's not a matter of finding out if the eight actually did it or not. They did it, you know, that was proven. We're just finding out who exactly it was. So as far as I'm concerned at this point, anyone who hasn't said anything or has not, you know, addressed their innocence in any way, we're down to, you know, the amount of guys that it was is the amount of guys that haven't said anything. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'm cool moving on from him. Uh, Um, He's he's not worth it. it. Not to cut you off, but uh, according to this
1: this article, they they actually have reopened the investigation, the police. They closed it without filing charges in 2019. They've since reopened the investigation. And special shout-out to this lawyer for being a piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) I know he's a lawyer and he's doing his job, but it's true that he d- did not intervene and say stop. You can judge him for not inter- intervening. What would you do in the same situation where you were a teenager? Is this something he should lose his career and reputation over? Yes. Next
0: question. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Ricky. I think what reopened the investigation was I think the victim... Was given money to sort of not say anything, but now yes, Hockey Canada is, said, yeah, Hockey yes, Canada. So now the, the victim them. is willing to talk and was participating in the investigation, and it's also it brought right. up questions about the 2003 junior team, and now we're learning about all the money that Hockey Canada has paid to get rid of scandals like this, which is insane because Hockey right. Canada is not a governing body and shouldn't be paying taxpayer money to uh, victims to not. Get hockey players in trouble. The whole thing is just horrible.
1: And and they're the fund they're using is called the National Equity Fund. Is what they're using to pay the lawsuits out.
2: terrible. Yeah. But in in terms of the Devils and McLeod, um, you know, and and I hate using the the term, you know, he's not good enough to be worth this because even if he was a first line star player, I still you know would want to cut ties with him. So it's really not a case of well, you know, he's not scoring goals, so we can afford to lose him. Because I think that's shitty because we've, you know, we've seen that in the past with other players that, you know, get a pass with stuff like this because they're good at hockey. And, you know, so I don't want to say that um, I do want him off the team for this reason. So don't get, you know, that mistaken. However, the silver lining, I guess, hockey wise, at least, is that I also wanted to move on from him as a player, just as a hockey player. I don't think he's good enough to stay on the team anymore. I think we have formidable options coming up that are worth the shot over him now so on both fronts even as a hockey player and as a you know piece of shit person that he probably is the only thing i can see happening is we move on from him ito your thoughts you've been quiet
3: i mean yeah that's (laughs) oh i'm an asshole
0: (laughs) no 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 (laughs)
3: If you are scoring goals I mean, and he was really good, it would make it a lot harder for me to say get rid of. Oh, right now. you know what? No, no, no. no. I'm around
0: listen, right now. I'm listen. Around. No, I'm glad you said that because the four of us, from the conversations I've had with everybody, I feel like we're all on the same page and and get rid of him either way. But I honestly have to think with the state that our our fucking society is in, if this dude was an eighty line first first eighty point first line player you have to know half this fan base would be on Twitter. Like, well, we don't know what happened. We yeah, don't know. No. You know. It's
3: like, let's pump the brakes here and wait for the, you know, yeah, exactly. To come out. Like, <laughs> like, he
0: lose like his career switch, over this <laughs> switch his
3: name to Jack Hughes. What would be, we be saying, yeah, right I didn't want to yeah. say a
0: name, but that's exactly right.
3: Hold on guys. Let's take a time out here. Let's see what his lawyer says. Well, and, how
0: quick what? was Jack Hughes swept under the rug after he got drafted and a video came out of him asking a girl to show him her tits. At a concert, he was at. Yeah, Um, I yeah that nobody remembers that (laughs) real quick. Yeah, so
3: real fast.
0: Quite a double standard, but you know, from purely hockey's perspective, he's very replaceable, and nobody's got a problem with. Even if he's proven innocent, he doesn't have to be on this team anymore.
3: No, and that's the. the, It's kind of upsetting too because one of my biggest uh, knocks against Hines in that miracle same time terrible playoff birth was we're up against elimination and we have this kid mikey who as a fan base at the time we thought he was going to be at least playable at the bare minimum like a a a quick shifty guy that can put the opposition on their toes as he just you know kind of goes coast from coast to coast excuse me and um that was one of my biggest knocks in at the end of that season against Hines was he went with uh, Drew fucking Stafford in an elimination game. And I was like, well, you're on the brink of elimination. What are your odds? What are the odds Drew Stafford is going to do anything formidable, you know, or or worthy of playing in this game? Like give him Mikey McLeod, um, see what he can do. It's an elimination game. It's a young team. They're hungry. And it's, it sucks. It's just, you know, it's another notch on the belt in the drafting and everything that we've had to endure in the past seven, eight years. But hockey-wise, he's gone.
0: He's well, dirt, that was dirt. a problem with Hines. He favored veterans over uh, youth at any any point. I mean, if a young kid made a mistake, they'd be in the press box the next game. But if, a, you know, a veteran was stinking it up for 10, 15 games, they, they would, wouldn't see any less ice time. But also, I think it speaks to... Um, we were excited about McLeod. We were excited about Zaka. I mean, remember the days of trying to be excited about Josephson or Ted or, you know, and those guys wouldn't be top 20 prospects on any team. And we're taking them in the first round. And we have for the I, first time in a very long time, like legitimate prospects to be excited about.
1: Yes, I know. We, I know we've talked about it before, but I'll never forget Pierre Maguire when Josephson was drafted. Him saying he was the most NHL-rated player in the draft. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard uttered out of that guy's mouth. I it remember my he cousin, said a lot of dumb shit.
3: My cousin's a bit older than me, and we were talking because it was after Zach left, and I was like, "Damn, like we're kind of fucked." He was like, "No, we got like Josephson and Henrik and everything." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man?" <laughs> I was like, it wasn't. I wasn't at the point that I that I am now in my fan where I was like, "What the hell are you talking about? Those are the two guys you're excited to build around." Yeah, that, a, you know, given that's eight years ago now,
0: that's crazy. Um, so with McLeod probably not being on this team for hockey reasons or for sexual assault reasons, um, I mean it's really easy that J- Jesper Boqvist just takes that spot.
2: As he should, I, I think. You know, he's one of those guys that, <clears throat> over time, you know, and 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 this is I know we've a lot of us have butted heads on Twitter about this very thing is. You look at a roster from, let's say, two thousand eighteen to twenty two. I think Boquist is on eighteen. I don't know, maybe nineteen. But um, putting the same guys on the ice and expecting different results. One, you know, way of thinking is, well, if you put the same guys on the ice, you're going to get the same results. And one way of thinking is, if you put the same guys on the ice, you know, year after year, they should progress. They should get better. You should get different results. And Jesper Boquist. Is, I think, a prime example of that where he's played a few years now. And one line of thinking is, we've seen, you know, we've seen what he is. We've seen enough from him. This is what he is. If you put him on the ice again, he's just going to show you the same thing again. But I know personally, one thing that I've seen, at least over the past year, two years, if he's been playing three, is putting the same guy on the ice year after year. I see a different player. I think at the end of last year, Jesper Boquist looked like a different player than the year before Jesper Boquist. So I think a lot of people are going to have some pushback on him making the squad and having a significant role where, you know, maybe they think, oh, well, I know know of this guy in the past and I didn't really love what I saw, but I am, you know, putting my stamp of, of approval down on from what I saw and if he continues to progress, I think you get a better player this year than the year last and the year before that. So I think he deserves a shot. I think he should make the roster. You know, um, I, I really think he could have a meaningful impact, a, a lot like some other of our young guys that, again, just have taken a few years. But, like, I feel like we're getting into that time now. I think there's an yeah, open and, slot and...
3: for him, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go, ahead, go ahead. I think there's an open slot for him, too, now, without Zaka here uh, to be a third-line winger. Um, he's, a, he's a lefty. Is Bastion... Does Bastion play center at all? Or no.
2: No, right way. No, he's, he's right oh, wing only.
3: That's that's my only gripe, and I know it's not like a big issue or anything, um, or it may not be as big as I'm making it out to be. Is having four left-handed centers down the lineup. I I think you need at least one opposite-handed just for select situations um and again it, it may be just like a an ocd thing to me but well i, feel like I think you have Ford on the center
1: but you have dawson mercer who's been a, yeah. a center he can jump in there in that spot if he needs to and take a hundred percent.
3: that's what i'm saying i don't even think it's that big of an issue uh yeah, uh, yeah no i mean four C I I'd like to see him in more of a role than uh, as a four C I, I think he's got more value than that and like I said I I think he can really slot in on the third line next to Hall and whoever else they're putting on the third line um yeah that's where I'm at with it
1: yeah and to and, and part of what uh the Brad Pack I hate saying this but the Brad Pack <laughs> was saying um the reason and, and I said I you know me and Andrew were talking about it last year too like he looked like a different player and I think a lot of it is things we've talked about in the past, where when he came up, he was getting eight minutes a night with Geertsen and some other dog shit guy on his wing. And, you know, last year, you you got to see him play a little bit more of a prominent role with some better players. And you saw him really start to come along. And I think that experience and him seeing some success will will pay dividends this year. I think you're going to see a much better player. I mean, he could skate. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And that's that's part of the issue with some of the guys that we've drafted in the past who have great shots, you know, Reed Boucher, uh, even, you know, I don't want to say it, but even Holtz is not a great skater. I know he's been working on it. So hopefully he can turn, you know, he can fix that a little bit. But when, when you already come in with that skating ability and he's shifty out there, I think he's going to be a good player.
2: On, on Holtz, real quick, he's not just been working on it. You know how he's been working on it, right?
1: Uh, no, tell me.
2: He's been in Sweden with Jesper Bratt and and uh, the DB Hockey Factory, so it's Jesper Bratt's skating coach.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw the, the tweet. I didn't realize it was Jesper Bratt's skating coach.
2: Yeah, he's been in Sweden all summer skating with Bratt and his coach, so I'm really looking for a step up in his skating this year.
0: You know what I'm not looking forward to is going through the, uh, the contract process
2: with Jesper Bratt again <laughs> after this coming season. Because... Uh, I should have known that was coming. Well, no, I mean,
0: it's not a shot at you. You just see how these um, – because I, I know he's your guy and everything, and I love him too. He's one of my favorite players. But you just see how both negotiations have gone, and I just see these other guys, Tage Thompson being one of the recent ones, um, who the Blues signed today, Cairo. Cairo, Cairo today, um, yeah. These young kids are taking these deals and and signing you know, for eight years, and you know, by all – all evidence showed the devil's put a decent deal on the table for him. I was guessing it was probably like seven two five times seven or eight or something. And um he's betting on himself for one year, which is fine, but like if he puts up 75 points again, he's gonna want nine, ten million dollars. And I think that's it's just gonna be contentious again, and we're gonna go through the whole summer next year thinking that oh my god, we're gonna lose this player.
3: I want it leaked so badly what he's kind of ballpark looking for because again how many players you just said it this offseason have signed seven eight year contracts and everything what would the holdback be with us because i i can't imagine at this point in time he's asking for more than say like seven times seven
0: well, i just I can't see
3: or, or even eight times eight since he's our our you know we're sick for restricted, restricted free agent, is he looking for something less because he wants to double dip? Is he looking for like a three to four year deal right now? So then when he's 27, he could sign that monster seven, eight year contract.
0: Well, I That's mean, you what, could also uh, think about the player for, and the agent, like who's really in control here, because as much as people want to shit on agents because this is their job, you know, I, I was saying late in the summer when he wasn't signed yet, uh, I said, maybe, you know, maybe we want to talk the t- the team's low balling or, um, the agent's asking for too much, but at a certain point, sh- doesn't the player have the ability to step in and say like, I want to maintain my relationship with my team and I want to get this done. Like, I, So it's got to be him too.
3: Yeah, and I think it's pretty known, you guys, or at least Brad Pack, would be able to comment on it. His agent's a bit of a dick. Um,
0: oh yeah, that's well known. And, and <laughs> I
3: think he, he's he's like a very big dick with his other clients and everything too. So it's almost like, do you, do you wait out The agent at this point, um, and hope the player kind of smartens up. Um, I don't know, but you're right. It it, it's gonna suck going through this again in seven eight months unless they can find,
1: you know, a a middle ground mid season. What I always find interesting is the the salary arbitration filing numbers. So Jesper Brad was asking for six five, and the Devils offered four point one five, which is honestly insulting, but. If he, if they literally did offer him seven two five or whatever, does that doesn't that mean that the term was the issue?
2: If he was willing to take less, well, for a one year deal for arbitration, I'm going to put my neck out here again because we all know my history of uh, trying to <laughs> report on Jasper <Jennifer> Pratt contract <laughs> negotiations. You've done well uh, so far. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I mean, so I mean, we all know the infamous tweet, but. Uh, looking back, um, you know, talking to people who I had originally gotten the information from, <clears throat> apparently what I had heard was the offer, not the, you know, signing. So the information I was given was the offer that the Devils made. It just wasn't signed, <laughs> which I thought it was. Um, so
3: well, I, I'm sorry. Do you know what was offered, or like in the
2: the, yeah, the ballpark? I mean, <clears throat> For, I, I can only say... Do you want to really know
3: gear-wise? I don't care about money. I want to know the term they offered.
2: So the huge disclaimer on all of this is I am a fan who is getting information from, you know, people who claim to have information. Yeah. It, it's all made up and the points don't matter, right? Um, Whose line is it anyway? But from what I heard from a source that I want to believe... The term was there. I, and I don't want to get into specifics because that's where I get in trouble. You know, I could give a number and, and people would be like, oh, that's the wrong number. You're totally wrong. You know, um, it, the devil's wanted term. Uh, from what I've heard, from what I know, it, I think, uh, Rick, is, I think you said it. Uh, he does want to do that like three, four year contract. And when he's 27, cash the fuck out and get that like nine, 10 million after. Um, from what the Devils offered long term, I just I think it was one of those things where and you look at the uh arbitration number, um, it's like the number for a, a short term deal is different from the number from a long term deal. So that number that the devils threw out for arbitration was for a one year deal. They did not throw that number out for that long term offer. So I was also like kind of outraged and insulted at that four point one five number, but I get it. You know, after I sat down and calmed down, that was the one-year offer. That is not what they offered long-term, and we'll never know what they offered. They'll, they'll never say it. Um, but there just was a disconnect where, you know, Devil said, "All right, we want you long-term. Here's a number we're comfortable with." And Jesper Bratt said, "I'm. I want more than that number, and I think I can get more than that number. So let's try. You know, give me a short-term for now, and we'll try again in a few years when I'm when I show that I'm this. You know." heart trophy 100 point player and you'll pay me way way more and the devils were like no the whole point of a long-term contract is you know you get security but we also get you know a locked in rate here and jesper bratt is betting on himself saying no it's fine i don't need the security give me the short term i'm going to show you guys i'm fucking awesome and you're going to have to give me way more money next contract so he is betting on himself and he you know usually when we see prove it deals it's usually the team saying prove it to us But this is Jesper Bratt saying, no, 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 I'm going to prove you even more than you think. Well, I mean,
0: that $4 million number wasn't even a legitimate offer. I I think people people don't really understand that the whole arbitration process, the player's going to ask for too much. The team's going to offer way less because it almost always ends up with the arbitrator ruling like right down the middle. Yeah. So, yeah, but I just start to question, you know, and before this offseason, my, my, my my uh thoughts about cap space was i don't care we have a lot of it uh i don't care about who we have to pay in the future but now suddenly we don't have any and i just am not thrilled to hear that this player wants to maximize uh maximize his earnings when the captain of the team signed a a very friendly deal jack hughes who we all know his attitude he's very interested in the finances, I mean, he did a lot of talking about Vancouver needing to pay his brother what he's worth um to anybody who would listen. Um, he took a deal that now looks like a bargain compared to Stutzla and the players that are signing these deals. so you know, I, I just we have two guys there down the middle for the foreseeable future who understand. What's needed financially to build a good team around them, and if you've got Jasper Brad, who's had one good season, let's let's not lie, he's had one good season, a very good season. If if you got a guy sitting here thinking that he's gonna model his his contract so he could take more than Hughes Heisher and and make enough money where the Devils can't sign anybody in two to three years, like I, that's a problem to me, and I don't know. If that's him, if that is agent telling him, don't sign because you're going to get even better and you're going to make $11 million a year in three years. Uh, I don't know. It kind of worries me that the negotiations have gone in this direction.
2: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not crazy about it. I wish he would just sign eight years for whatever works for the team. Um, The only kind of uh, caveat to that is and I'm honestly surprised that so many players are taking these eight-year contracts right now, is because we've all heard, now that COVID, you know, is over and the league's moving on and they're trying to maximize their own revenues, that the cap is going to start going back up. So, you know, Hughes at $8 million now is going to mean way different than Hughes at $8 million five years from now, when the cap is $10 million higher. So, Jesper Bratt may be looking to maximize but we're also you know theoretically going to have more room to do so if you know all follow suit with what they've been saying is going to happen
0: yeah i'm just a little nervous thinking about the the, the near future where hughes he brat mercer nimitz and luke hughes take up 90 percent of the cap um and we end up in a situation like the Toronto Maple Leafs not being able to build a defense and sign a goaltender, or um, or we could end up like
1: Tampa and somehow pull cap space out of our ass and still win cups, which I would personally go for.
0: You know, well, Tampa... in order for that
3: to happen, the New Jersey income tax, you know, issue has to get solved, and that's not going to happen. So no,
0: it's it's only going to get worse. And you know I... what
3: I'm hearing, and it's very unfortunate to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for it. But the issue here is Mr. Douglas Hamilton, because he doesn't fit the timeline and he's going to be making a lot of money when a lot of these young guys who, if they play to their potential potential when it comes time to get paid, might not all be able to get paid.
0: That's, that's very possible. I mean, we're probably looking at if things go the way they're supposed to a competitive team in three years and, everybody's tradable in the nhl
3: and you say competitive not you know trying to hover into a wild card spot but to be a powerhouse looking to make the finals you know yeah
0: i'm not even saying cup contender i'm saying a shoe in a guaranteed playoff spot with like we're watching them in the second or third round like
3: basically what we had from like oh seven to twenty twelve
0: yeah, I mean, and Hamilton's going to be—he signed seven years, so it'll be four years into his deal by then. So, I mean, he'll, they still can be trade
1: there. that contract; they'll be able to trade that contract. He's not even making close to what some of these guys are making, and the new wave of guys are going to be making as, as Brad Pack said, the cap's going to go up. These contracts are just going to keep going up. That 9 what was he making? Nine two five, something like that. Uh, uh, nine flat. Yeah. Yeah, nine. So I mean, that's not going to be a ton going forward for for Doug. I mean, listen, Seth Jones is getting. How many more. guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, how many guys? How many guys have we seen where we're like that contract's fucking untradeable? No one's going to be able to take. And it happens. It always yeah, does. It always does. Uh, I'm not worried about it. If if Hamilton doesn't fit the mold of what we need in four years, despite the fact that I now have a stupid ass tattoo on my leg, it, <laughs> trade him. It'll whatever. It wouldn't wouldn't bother me.
0: Yeah, I don't care about the cap space because, you know, like we we always say, the teams that win or the teams that have no cap space, they always find ways to make it work, um, whether it's signing retired players to get a LTIR cushion or having your star player sit out the season so his cap doesn't count, and then he shows up in the playoffs like nothing ever happened. Come on, Um, his hip just healed. healed. you know what? These teams win cups doing that. And also, for as much as these teams complain, these GMs voted for the roster rules in every collection bargaining agreement. So they signed on for this. So the ones that are mad are just the ones that aren't taking advantage of it. Some Um, GMs
3: are smarter than others. That's all there is to it. You, You play the hand you were dealt, and... Tampa has done a pretty good job at playing their hand.
0: Yeah, sometimes you have Iserman, Sackick, sometimes you have Peter Shirelli, and your team's going nowhere. Um, what I do, I want to transition this over, because we could talk about this shit all night, um, just to devil, Devil's Twitter as a whole, because this podcast was sort of billed as you guys are going to come on and start yelling at each other, but it's not obviously not the case. But um, what are the things do you think you you two have butted heads over so much that makes everybody think you hate each other?
2: Mm. I mean, what a, what? What, what a question. <laughs> yeah, hold on. This is... I'll, I'll of... mute. You guys go. What
3: no, have you... we... Butted? I'm just trying to think out loud. If you want to talk.
2: You know, if I, you I want think... to start it off. I'm going to, you know, to the best of my ability, I think there's a lot of different, you know, nuances that we'll disagree on and, and butt heads over. Um, But I think what it ultimately comes down to, most of the time at least... And and I saw someone already comment on Twitter when when Rick is asked for uh, what questions do you want to hear is you know what does it mean to be a New Jersey Devils fan and I feel like that's something we've butted heads on a lot and because we ha- you know we have these kind of almost different understandings of it and and I don't even want to say that because we I think we do always come to an understanding and are able to reason with each other even if we do have these slight disagreements but I think with the whole You know, henchmen versus Kool Aid Brigade, you know, nonsense or whatever you want to call it. I think it always comes down to, you know, what level of support is acceptable to, you know, consider yourself a fan of the team. Because one thing that I see that I know we, you know, disagree with is, you know, I understand that you guys are frustrated with certain moves, frustrated with certain people frustrated with expectations that you feel like haven't been met. And I totally get all that. But to me, especially with sports, you know, something that you choose to engage in as a, you know, consumer at the end of the day, it all has to result in enjoying and supporting that to me, I think is a pretty fair, I guess, base definition of what a fan is. You enjoy and support something. You're a fan of it. And I feel like, you know, sometimes and again, this goes beyond the henchmen. There's a very large, you know, pocket of fans like this, but just to sum it all up with the label for the sake of time, the henchmen have kind of and I know you love this phrase, but turned a corner <laughs> on on enjoyment and support and it's almost become more of a bonding experience for you guys at least to make fun of and bash and hate on the team. And, you know, don't get me wrong, if that strengthens your friendship with each other, that's fine. You know, be friends that bond on that. But it it kind of loses the fanhood of the team itself. And I think, I think there's like a real fine line of coping, you know, with failed expectations or whatever you want to call it, and just being <laughs> miserable people, for lack of a better term. Um, and I feel like that's where we have kind of a... Misunderstanding of each other, you know, most it, it all ultimately comes back down to that. I know I've just rambled through like the whole topic, so I'd love to, you know, get the other side of it, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's kind of what it all boils down to most of the time.
0: I'm trying to decide whether you just called Ricky an asshole or not. <laughs> I mean, I am so <laughs> he is so talking.
3: <laughs> uh, so for me, I am this isn't and just what, like a since, statement where oh, it'll hold end. on, yeah, since, start.
1: since, hold since hold I'm an asshole, I'll I'll read you what I just sent to Andrew, that was actually a very good answer. So fuck both of you.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, Beats! Continue. <laughs> All
3: right, so, it starts or started when I had to accept that this was a rebuilding team and had to kind of come to gra- gra- uh, what There's... am I even looking at? Yeah, come to, to grips with what that meant. And what that meant at the time, back in 2013 or 14 or whatever the fuck we want to say this started, that this team needed to lose a lot to get better in the future. And in that sense, that means the team had to get worse. So for a very long time, I was rooting against this team to do well. That doesn't mean... I wanted star or you know our young draft picks to do terribly or fail or anything. The team needed to be bad for a very long time to acquire the assets to then get good. You don't just get good overnight or through one off season or two off season or whatever the case may be. You constantly have to be at the bottom of the barrel to acquire those assets to get the top draft picks. To have cap space in order to to trade for players and then trade those prospects and assets for better players. So for a long time, I was 100% rooting against this team being being good. Case in point, Mr. Adam Henrique and Mr. Blake Coleman. Okay? They were okay players. They were okay. They weren't great. They weren't shitty, no matter how many times I may have said Blake Coleman sucks, this, that, this, that. I hated that this fan base started putting these guys on pedestals just because they were homegrown players that were doing above average. Um, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I think if you follow me on Twitter, you know I don't accept mediocrity from the teams or players are root for and whatever however you want to take that that i i veto don't accept that you could take it but i reject mediocrity in that sense um and it did it. it took a while to come full circle but now i'm at the point where i'm not i'm obviously rooting for the team to be good but I don't think they're doing it the way they should be, or I don't think they're hiring the p- people that should be in charge, or who could be getting the best out of the team. So a lot of it does come out negatively. Um, well, I'm just I, I, I'm trying to keep you know touching base on the points you made, and you know. Where where at least my negativity came from. Uh, it is funny how like you said, like, we all find our enjoyment, like, just laughing and being negative towards each other. All I imagine there was, like, us on the playground, like, we're the big bullies, like, picking on the other little kids. Uh, which really sounds fucking terrible considering how old we are and what we're doing on the internet. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, but yeah, that that's kind of where it started. So, grand scheme of things, I... Started being a negative fan because I I was rooting for the team to be bad for a very long period of time. And it it sucks. I I won't even try to hide it. it. It leaks over, and it's a hard thing to stop doing once you do it because it gets funny to a point. You see how poorly ran the team is. And then we get into some of the finer details, like the owners fucking running muck doing whatever they want and fans following them blindly and defending them saying they're not cheap. They're not this, they're not that they do care. So on and so forth when it's been pretty obvious in years past, they don't care, but that's, you know, that's getting into the specifics, but that's where I think we butt heads is why I've been negative and where it came from. And yeah, that's about it.
1: So I'll jump in here. So I think, I think there's a pretty clear line and I know it's you know, joked about a lot with the henchmen being a bunch of old farts or whatever. But I think there's a pretty clear line of the let's say optimistic versus pessimistic devils fans of majority of the pessimistic fans are the ones that have gone through all the years of winning from the nineties to now to see how far the organization has fallen. And up until, well, I'll even say this year, there really hasn't been much excitement, anything to really look forward to. You know, there's a point of a rebuild where you're like, all right, we're going to suck. But let's play these kids. Let's see what we got in these draft picks. Let's see what we have in these players. Let's make some moves. Let's build for the future. And at least see, like, I, I always use Ottawa as a, an example, like last year's team. Like, they were shitty. But you could see they had some good young players, and they were really hard to play against. They are a pain-in-the-ass team to play against. And I just didn't see that from the Devils. They were really easy team to play against. And that's really tough to swallow when you've seen a team that's been so, an organization that's been so good from top to bottom for a decade, two decades, to fall that far to where you're at the point where you're like, Fucking team's never gonna make the playoffs again. I mean, what what are we doing? Like, you half in, half out rebuilds don't work. And you know, you you started to kind of get into a rebuild with Shiro, and then PK came along, and now you're like, all right, well, I guess we're we're going back in here. And you know, Taylor Hall, and you know, that was exciting, but then he's gone, and the guys we got back for him, nothing great. Uh, so, it, like like Vito said, it is definitely easy to kind of. Can get the ball rolling and keep it rolling and just start shitting on everybody and everything. But I think part of it also is the age thing, too, where some of the younger fans and the younger generation of fans didn't really, you know, I guess I would say like Henrique, like 2012 was like their real first experience of winning with the team. And they really haven't seen much, haven't seen that success to so really be bummed about it, how far removed we are from that success. If that makes sense.
0: It makes sense. Um, about um, Sorry. I, I like what you said about, you know, being older and grumpy and, <laughs> you know, cause I'm one of those guys. Uh, I'm, I'm very negative. I'm grumpy about it, but I also try to be a little more level headed about things and not just every little thing. The team does fly off the handle and make a definitive opinion and, and have to make that known to everybody. I mean, I I'm 35. I was a kid when uh, they won the cups, but you know, I was, very involved in in watching it so uh, but the whole rebuild thing and the only thing i'm going to take issue with what you just said ricky is that ray shiro did not come here to rebuild he he came here to try to get a couple of playoff appearances on a patchwork roster when you trade for Subban, you sign a guy like Gusev. This team had no business signing Wayne Simmons if they were interested no. in, in I, rebuilding. We, we so, absolutely
1: so, agree. Yeah, we absolutely yeah, so agree.
0: So The rebuild didn't start until Fitzgerald took office. Well, and, that's and my the,
1: point. It was a half-in, half-out rebuild. It should not have happened. And, the problem and that's what with frustrated that,
0: a lot of people. The problem with that is you've got fans – Um shitting on Fitz and the owners for saying to be patient and I understand because we're not patient the team has been bad for 10 years however these owners were not around with with Lou making terrible decisions in 2013 and 14 and Fitzgerald did not take control of this team until what 2019 so unfortunately six years were wasted Um, with terrible drafting, terrible roster construction. The rebuild started with Fitzgerald. And if you, it's very hard to forget 2013 to 2019 because we lived it every night. But as far as the rebuild starting when Fitzgerald took office, it's actually going well because I keep saying the Devils have the best crop of prospects they've had, maybe in the history of the team, to be honest with you. Because look at those guys that won us those Cups. Um, you know, 95 was, was a lot of homegrown players. But, like, after that, I mean, a lot of guys came in freezing. Um, Lang and Bruner, guys that won us cups, were from other teams. They weren't devil's draft picks. Um, so, like, we haven't had the, this kind of roster. I mean, not roster. I'm sorry. Prospect group in a very, very long time. And, like, good things are coming. Absolutely. I'm not going to look at. I, I just see a lot of this fan base sign a guy like andre Pilat and the same people that were complaining that the owners are cheap say oh my god why would you give this guy this money there's way too much money well, well what is it i mean every guy that's had to be signed whether it's hughes he jesper bratt they're getting their money dougie hamilton got a lot of money um we're almost out, out of cap space. So I, I just try to get people to be a little more patient because I, I remember a lot of fans wanted the Devils to sign JVR when he went to the Flyers. So <laughs> yeah, just think about where yeah. this team would be financially if they had JVR for $7 million a year. Um, you know, so this this team, this fan base also has a habit of when any team in the NHL, signs a player you go right on twitter and there's devil's fans saying oh we could have matched that offer or right. oh why didn't we sign this guy you know forgetting about the player has to be willing to come here um you know we we would have to be filling a need so like people want to take moves that happen in july and then just write the whole season off I- i'm willing to wait a little bit even though by the third week of november we're probably going to be clinically depressed again together. But. Uh, I'm willing to see the season start and see what we actually have before flipping out about it online all summer. You
1: know, you were talking about 2018, and I'm sitting here typing. I, have you guys, you know, when we made the playoffs that year, have you actually, do you remember that roster, how fucking bad it was? Yeah, I but can't you had even Taylor believe. Hall won every... Dude, team,
2: yeah. Let, yeah. Me, let, me let me just read made. you this. Let
1: me, yep. let, me, let me read you this team, because I can't even fucking believe this team right now. So This is the roster. This is all the guys that played, right? Kenny Agostino, Joey Anderson, Nathan Bastion, Mackenzie Blackwood, Brian Boyle, Jesper Bratt, Will Butcher, Connor Carrick, Blake Coleman, John Sebastian D, Curtis Gabriel, Brandon Gignac, Andy Green, Eric Griba, Taylor Hall, Heeshier, Josh Jacobs, Marcus Johansson, Keith Kincaid, Nick Lappin, Ben Lovejoy, Mikey McLeod, Mirko Mueller, Ryan Murphy, Stephen Nason, Palmieri, Pietola, Quenville, Rooney, Santini. It's
0: a bad team. Makes that you is think. a maybe,
1: fucking makes you atrocious
0: think. roster maybe
3: Hines wasn't the issue
0: that is, that I mean, is as bad a roster it. um <laughs> dude that was all taylor hall man i was in montreal that that game uh it was like easter weekend or something back in 2018 when uh the devils killed off a 5 on 3 and hall uh hall came out of the box zajac flipped it up the ice and he scored on a breakaway to win yeah. that game we just besides him that year we haven't had a player that's done that and uh that that had the ability to do that because he did that a lot that season and hopefully that's jack hughes you know
2: oh it is it is but but listening to that roster and and thinking about who we have now that's why i right. think such yeah. issue yep. with this whole everything fits does is terrible he's missed out on so much and like you know Every move that's ever made, there's 31 teams that didn't make that move. Mm-hmm. So I, I think our fan base does give a, a lot of unfair blame, um, you know, towards Fitz in general. Honestly, of of the, you know, five or six major quote-unquote misses, we'll call this offseason, I think Dabrinkit is probably the only one that I will concede that maybe we could have and should have done that. Um, and even at that, there's still some sticky details on that one with his term. And what they would have accepted for him, uh, you know, because all we had in the first round was second overall. Maybe if we had a later pick, it would have been a little more worth it. So, but that's the only one I'll even consider because you look at the rest of these deals and it is always, well, this guy wasn't going to sign anywhere other than where he signed, or this guy was only going to sign if you handed him an eight by eight the moment the trade went through. And we see all this outrage. I mean, look at Huso. Huso was a huge, you know, quote-unquote miss. And then he signs for like $5 million a year when we didn't even know, you know, quite what we were looking at, at at goal for the year. So I just think there's so much reactionary, oh my God, we missed out on this, that we don't fully understand that every other team also missed out on it. We think we're in this bubble that, Fitzgerald can just get who he wants, when he wants, for the price that he wants. And those players will then sign the contracts that he wants them to sign. And and like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that gives an excuse to everything he's ever done. You know, I'd give him a B for this offseason. I don't think he's done an A plus job. So don't, you know, I'm not excusing everything. But I think there's a certain, again, pocket of fans here that it's just nothing will ever be good enough. And when you are a fan of a sports team, Like you are choosing to consume and enjoy this product. This is not something that has to be a part of your life. Why would you not choose to take it for what it is? Have fun anyway. I mean, the team was the worst it's probably ever been this year, scoring sixty-three points. And I had a great fucking time. I had so much fun. No, statistically, it was their
3: worst year ever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was. And Uh, and I don't even think I don't even think we missed out on Huso. But if we get to go, but but a lot of
2: people did. A lot of people thought that. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of the last thing I'll throw on there, uh, is, uh, I think one of you mentioned the senators being a shitty team that was still fun to watch. I genuinely believe. Okay. Well, I think that was a great point, but I genuinely believe, and I know Vietz is going to come in after this. I genuinely believe with better goalies this past season, we would have had that experience. It would have been that team. So I feel like we were robbed of that. But I also know that this season we can expect, you know, I'm not saying expect a shitty team that might be a little fun to watch, but I'm expecting a huge leap simply by having goaltenders that are not like fifth on the depth chart. I mean, Nico Dawes is an AHL backup. What are we doing here? You got to understand. Um. Okay.
0: Well, let me uh, let me refer to the senators because there's been a lot of talk about them. Sure, they had a scrappy team that was fun to watch, but let's forget about that for a second because they've had terrible ownership for a long time. Yeah, Uh, they have. Yeah, an arena that is... I, I went to a game up there in 2016. It was minus 18 and snowing, and my drive from downtown Ottawa to the arena was horrible, and there's no public transit. There's buses that don't even make sense about how they get to the arena, and it takes hours to get there on the bus. So before that... They were almost out of town. Every every arena deal that they've worked on hasn't hasn't gone through, like the LeBreton Flats is supposed to be where they're going to play. Um, and just like the Chicago Blackhawks, it took the goddamn owner to die for things to turn around. And even besides that, they're not attracting free agents. Kludge Roos from there and he's at the end of his career. That's why he went there. Um, and then the other thing with DeBrinket, I, I have to play devil's advocate on this because you now have on the Devils... Um, Brat, Sharon Govich, Mercer, Holt, Pilat as as five wingers to fill the top six. One of them's gonna have to get bumped down to the third line. So by trading for DeBrinkett, you're now adding the who's probably would end up being the smallest player on a on the smallest team in the league anyway, and you're taking a roster spot away from Holtz or Mercer from being in the top six. And I mean, if you do that, how much money does he want till next year? The Devils probably wanted some security with with having him for a long time to give up an asset for him, but I, I don't think it was a big deal that the Devils missed out on him. I mean, he scored a lot of goals, but we're supposedly filled with a couple players that are about to do that for us. Um, I don't. I mean, it's tough to give up on a forty-goal player, but I that's, honestly don't.
1: That's the. I mean, John's that's the problem player. though. That's the problem he scored go, he's, yeah he scored 40 goals three times and we're hoping hoping that Holtz can do that. And that's my he, issue.
3: So uh, I, I don't want to get too hung up on this because he's not here isn't to break it. Um the size thing is a hundred percent a concern. That's why ultimately I don't care that we didn't really land Goudreau. Um we need to be bigger. That that's been my biggest thing going, you know, this off season. We need a top six winger that has size because our top six right now is going to get fucking abused in the playoffs one yep. that day Those come. guys
1: and, don't exist, that's the problem
3: they they don't but they do um fiala I, I he didn't want to come here he's bigger he's that he wouldn't have been the solution um
2: isn't fiala tiny mm-hmm.
3: fiala's i think he's a five eleven or 6 foot like 190 200 pounds he's bigger than what we've got Kirk. yeah that's huge you know for I mean? this team yeah um <laughs> but a, a few things i just want to go on one I think it's a very unfair expectation to to have Holtz just slot into the top six and be productive, even though it's what we need. Um, and I'll be the first to say it. I'll be unfairly criticizing him the minute he, you know, slows down or doesn't, you know, have a, a hot start or whatever. But unfortunately, that's the, the position we're in right now. We If need for nothing else, at least Vito's
1: in. consistent.
3: Oh, 100%. <laughs> um. <laughs> You mentioned Sharon Govich and Mercer, you know, as, as guaranteed in the top six. Mercer, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. He he showed at the bare minimum he could be a fucking pain in the ass to play against, which, again, we need in the top six. I'm not sold on giving Sharon Govich a, a, a top six spot, especially with Palat here now. You know what I mean? And we do still need to start talking about building depth on that third line, which we kind of have now. You know, Hall and Sharon Govich – I don't know who, or even Hall, Sharon and Holtz on your third line. I'd be very content going into that, into the season with that, because you know, you could score goals with Sharon You know, you have a bit of a grinder, third liner in Hall. And then you hope Holtz can be a mix of the two with his upgraded skating from this off season's workouts with Bratz camp and everything. But um, yeah, to bring it was a huge miss, but at the end of the day, our top line would have been an average of five foot eight, one hundred and sixty five pounds. You're not going anywhere in the playoffs with that. He, they would have put up two hundred plus points together, and pretty guaranteed been a playoff team with that, with him, with Hughes, Brett, and DeBrinket uh, on the first line. But again, we we need size in the top six. We need to be a tough team to play against.
1: So I'm gonna circle back on something that Brad Pack said because he was talking about the goaltending, right? So I don't know if you guys wanted to, yeah. So if you guys saw the NHL NHL Network tweet the other day about you know the Devils, um, how do they word it? Uh, You know, Mike Johnson was on. The Devils have a chance to make a jump if they can get good goaltending. And I took a screen grab of the graphic they put up because I knew the goaltending was bad, but I didn't realize it was this fucking bad. Yeah, it was lowest, goals, goals, above expected lowest goals saved above expected yeah. the devils were minus 41 the kraken were the next worst team at minus 25 it was i mean terrible. that is like fucking atrocious if you and I mean, I, we I, knew I, it was know. bad but i didn't realize it was yeah. that
2: bad no i i've posted this chart a billion times to anyone that'll read it but yeah goals saved above expected and if you look um league average isn't even zero league average is like eight above i think so Toronto
1: had twelve, yeah. So and they
2: okay. made the playoffs. Yeah, so um I think you know, number one was Shisterkin and the Rangers, and they were like forty above, and then I think around average was like eight to ten or so, and then we were literally the bottom at minus forty. So look at us between you know, between us and the Rangers, and again I know that's number one, we're not shooting for number one all the time, I get it. That's an eighty goal difference from nothing other than expected goals not even just like you know no other external factors just expected saves we lost 80 goals from the top and again even if we're not going for the top league average let's say 8 to 10 we lost 50 goals on average this season just from poor goaltending again that's external from defense external from offense and that's you know external from, you know, shot percentages, um, what's it called? Danger. Like, you know, all that's already considered. We were expected to hit zero and we got negative 40 out of it. So you throw 50 more goals in the last season, you know, I'm not saying we make the playoffs, but you're looking at a different vibe on the season. You're looking at a team that is young and feisty and whatever, like going down three nothing in the first period in a game is going to have your team you know, not trying and shitty and boring for the rest of the game. It's and not even, a lot. you
1: know what? It's not even the down three nothing. It's and we've talked about this. We've all talked about this. Where you're you're in a close game and it's you're losing two one or you're tied one one or you're winning one nothing, and you give up just a a shit goal, and the, the whole moralizing. team you could just see them deflate. Yeah, and then absolutely. all of a sudden it's two goals, three goals, four goals. You're like Jesus Christ, here we go again. Especially
3: and when you you're just missing a Jack Hughes. You know, right. to Which, kind of make yeah. up for that shitty goal let in. Yep.
2: If we get reasonable health in our, you know, star players this year, and we get league average goaltending, you know, I'll I'll stay hung up on that. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's I'll st- league average goaltending. You are looking at a much different team, much different season, and I think, it, like I said, I feel like we were robbed of last season just for that reason, and. You know, I think it's totally, I get the frustration, but I think it's totally unfair. And I think, again, that's something we butt heads on a lot, but I have full faith that we're, you know, it's going to be a lot better this year. It's going to be just fine. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, a lot better this year. I've heard that one before, but fuck it. That's what I believe. No,
3: I mean, they're going to be a lot better. They can't get fucking worse. They
2: can't <laughs> well, They enough. miss
3: the playoffs by 47 points. If they do any worse than that, uh, I am going to 37 a- 3747 <laughs> what's the difference <laughs> at that point um no i and i thought Tom's moves with goaltending this offseason season were exactly what i would have done if i was in the spot um i i love the idea of giving Blackwood a chance after getting healthy and hopefully his head back on his shoulders um hopefully vaccinated as well uh, i think bringing Vanacek was a quiet move but you know hopefully he could be that 1B to come in for those 30-35 games and just be serviceable but it is it's going to be a different team if those two do what they can do we, we don't need them to do anything more but be themselves um and that's it
1: did you see Nico's comments today in the interview he did with uh
3: yeah, I see. I, I saw a lot of people saying like they didn't, <laughs> he said. Well, I, I guess the the interview didn't like the audio translate review, well. Right. It didn't yes, translate, so it well. Didn't translate it, well.
1: It came well. out. It came out as Nico said that Blackwood was the highest maintenance player on the team.
3: Yeah, of course yeah. I had to make a, a comment about that, saying such <laughs> such a comment from an unfit captain. Yeah, yeah. it was a joke. So, it was a joke. <laughs>
1: all right, so I'm gonna. Uh, I asked if anybody had any questions, so I'll get one for each of you. Um, one question, uh two there's gonna be two questions for the Brad pack. It's one question that I have been DM'd and asked and asked oh and asked, are you related to one of the owners?
2: Oh my god, dude. This is the I'm dumbest- asking it because I fucking get this <laughs> literally I should show you my DMs. That's I who's am- related to the owners i literally cannot believe it i don't know where this came from it's the dumbest fucking shit i've ever heard in my goddamn life dude i am not related to anyone in the devil's organization no one i'm related to has ever worked for the devils i have no connection to the owners i'm literally a fucking fan who made a fan account this whole i I, and i I, i'm not going to name drop here but i know exactly who tweeted it I saw one of your henchmen tweet, oh, yeah, we've definitely confirmed that he's, like, related to the owners. You're a fucking idiot, dude. You don't know shit. Um, I am in no way. Zero (laughs) percent. Okay, good. Thank you for clearing that up.
3: You know who I'm fucking convinced is related to Tom Fitzgerald? AC. Garrett, dude, I, Casey, uh, Casey, I would bet my fucking life that he work. is related to Tom Fitzgerald. I've never seen someone love every prospect like he does. No. and you know if what's actually funny? To
1: Fitzgerald, he's got to be related to Stillman. There's no yeah, way. Really, about you, it.
3: Yeah. you know what's funny too? And I hope Casey listens to this and like listens to this part. Is he's a Jets fan too and fucking hates every move they make, which is just like the most ironic thing ever that you could love what one shitty team does
2: but hate what another shitty
0: team does well we're gonna have casey on in a couple of weeks so uh um, i hope he can i answer love casey that.
2: shout out casey i know you're listening to this shout out dude you're great yeah have some all right, questions so i, got,
1: I got a question for Vito. all right Let's this is actually a decent question what's your favorite jersey you own and i already know the answer <laughs> to the next question the one that you regret purchasing
3: <laughs> well i mean I, I remember you a, want young, me to be honest? a young,
1: a young, bright-eyed Vito talking you want to be about. My, I don't even how fucking... my PK Subban jersey can't get here fast enough. Oh, I remember F- all those tweets. So
3: I, at the time, I was still working in the city. Thankfully, I'm still remote. Um, but my building was right next door to the the former NHL store. So the minute I, I saw on Twitter that the 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 trade got announced, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going over to the NHL store." Like PK Subban was my favorite player. He's still one of my favorite of all time. Um, so I remember going over and I was like, Hey, can I get like a PGA suit jersey? And they're like, no, we can't do it. Um, the, the trade's not official with the NHL yet. And I like accepted that at first. I was like, okay, that makes sense. So I went back the next day and the trade still wasn't fully, uh, put through, through the NHL offices. So I asked, I was like, wait, you guys do custom jerseys. Right. And the guy was like, yeah, of course I was like, can I buy an authentic Jersey blank and put Suban 76 on it. And he looked at me and he was like, no. And like, I could tell he was confused as to why he was saying no. I was like, so I could get like shit eater 69 on, but I can't get Suban 76. And he looked at me, he was like, I can't like do the, the authentic because it's not through the league offices yet. Um, I could do the Fanatics jersey. I was like, absolutely not. Um, so the third day, I went back and he already had it made for me. He was like, "Dude, I already have it made for you, and everything." Um, that's not my least favorite jersey. I'm not gonna lie, just because of the experience and because of the player itself. Uh, it's kind of like sentimental, just because he has been this hero in the game and community for so long. Um, PK Subban jersey is not my least favorite jersey well, so okay. what's, your least favorite that, and what's that your favorite? is an audio clip that people can use against me for the rest <laughs> of your lives
2: brad is a 30 point player right <laughs> my, my least
3: favorite jersey is zach parisi and i've kind of forgiven him now but at the time when was it 2011 he left uh i was 17 i was uh, senior and I just graduated high school going into college and it fucking felt like someone like ripped my heart out um it that's that's it that's the story I I remember it was fourth of July weekend we were we were in Point Pleasant uh me and a bunch of friends for the weekend and I was just following it up on Twitter and he finally made his decision to go to Minnesota I was like holy shit like my like career as a devil's fan is over. Like you just ripped my heart out. I was a season ticket holder at the time. I was like, I'm going to stop buying season tickets. So on and so forth. I didn't until 2017. Cause I'm an idiot. And I stayed through all the shitty years, but yeah, Zach Parisi, that is my least favorite Jersey I own.
0: I think this favorite? this is a good question, by the way, and I think we should all answer this, just because I want to put it out there that my wife has a Devils uh, Drew Stafford jersey, and um, oh my god, also a Buffalo Sabres Drew Stafford jersey, and um, that she has the authentic Buffalo Slug Drew Stafford. And when he was with the Devils, and um, and the Devils did a signing, uh, we went just so she could get that uh, Sabres jersey signed, and he was so excited to see that um cuz he was like wow i have a fan um so but my my least favorite by the way i have a sharks danny heatley jersey that's a good one
2: oh, that's sick yeah. why is it why is that your least favorite I just i don't crazy.
0: know he killed somebody and then uh <laughs> no you know, you know that whole thing but you know what that was also the worst danny heatley there was you know like i yeah. i really wish i had a 2007 uh, pre Reebok Edge uh, Ottawa Senators Danny Heatley jersey. I would love to have that.
3: So, favorite jersey, it's got to be. We're talking hockey. It's got to be hockey, right? It's got to be. Yeah, sure. Devil. Yeah. Um, I have a signed Scott Gomez. You know what? It's it's funny that like I say, Parisi, like is my most hated jersey, and I'm gonna follow it up saying my Scott Gomez signed jersey is my favorite because of how fucking ironic that is. But uh, again, just sentimental. Growing up, Scott Gomez was unlike any other player I'd seen play for the Devils, um, and he used to look like my dad too, which was really funny. I, I, I again just like a sentimental thing. Um, so I, I have like a a, a youth. Scott Gomez jersey that I got signed that I would say is probably my favorite, just for no other reason than you know a little bit of sentimental value. Ironically, again, it doesn't make any sense since Parise is my my least favorite jersey that I love my Scott Gomez jersey, but yeah, probably him.
0: I'll tell you what, that oh, does yeah. make sense to me um because Scott Gomez and Zach Parise are two very different situations. Gomez won two cups for us. Parise yeah. won nothing, and. Yeah. Put yourself in the position of a kid from Alaska who came here, won two cups, and then the Rangers offer you dumb money to go play in New York City and live in New York City. If I was Scott Gomez, I'm taking that deal, too. I'm sorry. Like, he he won everything there is to win here. At least he left leaving us two cups. So that's all I'll say about Gomez.
1: So I'll give you mine, and I'll give you my favorite because it's Patrick, Patrick Elias, my favorite player of all time. So there's really not much more to be said hey, about
0: same. that. same.
1: Nice. Same-sies. Yeah. The... My least favorite, and it's not because of the player. This was 1995. My first authentic jersey, the strap, everything. I begged my parents, please buy me this jersey. And this was back when you had to, like, order jerseys. And it was a place in River Edge, New Jersey. I cannot remember the name of the place for the life of me. Ordered a Claude Lemieux jersey, waited, like, three months for it to come in. The fucking day I got the call that it was in, he got traded to... uh to the Islanders for Steve Thomas. Fucking day it came in. The day.
0: Same day. I still think you should be proud of that. Again, he won with us. He was... I I said it's not the player.
1: I love the player. The jersey just makes me want to cry.
0: Yeah, the timing of it's bad. But, uh, you know, like, if anybody thinks Claude Lemieux, they think... No, I love Claude Lemieux. Yeah, I love Claude Um, Lemieux. The jersey just makes me want to cry. Brad Pack, we know uh, your closet full of Jesper (laughs) Brat jerseys is your favorite. So what's your least favorite jersey?
2: (laughs) You know, I'm really, uh, selective about who I buy jerseys for because, you know, everyone gets burned on buying a player who gets traded immediately. Yeah, I have a mm-hmm. all jerseys, so. <laughs> but, so, um, I, I only own two devils. Uh, I own a Patrick Eliash and I own a Jesper Brat and I have not been disappointed by either. Um, I, I love both of the, well, I have a couple of Jesper Brat jerseys, but, uh, my, my non Jesper Brat is a, is a Patrick Eliash that is signed by Patrick Eliash, uh, so that that would honestly probably be my favorite. Um, t- if I had to name a least favorite, I do have one Jesper Bratt jersey that, you know, again, like I said, I try to be pretty selective in my things. So I try to keep it to players that will be around for a long time. So I got my Jesper Bratt jersey signed by two players who I thought would be around for a long time. So I do have a Jesper Bratt jersey signed by Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri. Um uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So
2: so I guess by default that's my least favorite but it, it's a signed jersey and it was uh Taylor Hall right off winning the Hart trophy uh did a signing and I went to get you know I got it signed by him so you know even as my least favorite it, I I still think it's awesome. <laughs> Jeez, It's like
0: having a Yankees like a Jeter jersey signed by Shane Spencer. Or Robinson <laughs> Cano, or some shit. That's just you really I mean,
2: it. come on, Hall Hall won a heart here. Let's not throw Spencer out there. Yo, you
3: want to hear something fucking crazy about Hall?
0: Yeah,
2: sure. his
3: legs are like the size of Saquon Barkley's legs, and I oh, shit yeah. you not. So in in 1718, I was still at Montclair, uh, going for journalism. Uh, one of my professors was really close with the MSG crew, so we uh, a few students every couple home games that year got to go to the Prudential Center we got uh, press passes we were in the locker room post game we were in the MSG truck for the game and then we went up to the press box for uh, appearing and everything so it was a-, a game they lost and we're in the locker room and Amanda Stein is um, talking to Taylor and he's taking his girdle and everything off and I- I'm. this was the time He was the only person anyone wanted to talk to in the locker room and rightfully so he was putting up multiple points every night. The guy was just playing like a fucking madman. Um, So uh, I'm watching him take off his girdle and he's got like his, you know, leggings on and everything underneath. And I'm just fucking staring at his legs. They're absolute tree trunks. And I was big into lifting at the time too. So I almost <laughs> wanted to ask him, like, yo, like, what is what's your like mid-season workout regimen? Cause I know you're not squatting <laughs> heavy every day, but the amount you need to be lifting and eating to keep your leg like his legs were like the size of my torso like one quad was the size of my torso and it's actually also funny because she asked a really stupid question and he like brushed her off and she like felt so bad that she had to go back and apologize after everyone in the media room left and he was like yeah that you know that i i think the question was like do you wish you scored the game tying goal or something and he was like yeah like of course i wish i scored there like what kind of fucking question is that? but uh, i just said
0: that because uh, i was gonna actually ask you was amanda asking a really dumb question and laughing for some reason while doing it she
3: she and i give her a lot of shit but she was really nice at the time and she was still just you know basically a newcomer with the team uh and not in this like big role she is now, but I, I think the nerves got to her um, because it was something along those lines. Like he, he had missed like a, a, a pass or something like that to, to get a tying goal late in the game. And he just looked at her and he was like, is that a serious question? And she went back and apologized. Like, I'm really sorry for asking that question. Like and wasting your time. He's like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, it's all good. <laughs>
0: I think but, people uh concern themselves with Mandestine a little bit too much. I'm not a fan of that. On, hold on,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. So oh, no, this is what go. I'm gonna say. This is no no, this is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> so Ryan, when we interviewed Ryan uh Novosinski, he brought it up, and it's something that's been bugging the shit out of me for like the past year. And I'll I'll just use this as a general to all devils Twitter. We're probably gonna have actually a lot of people listening tonight. Can we all please just start being a little nicer to everybody. Like, for real. Like, uh, if you... if see season if, goes. No, no. But seriously, like, if Amanda tweet, And I'm blocked by Amanda. I don't even think I ever tweeted anything on her. I don't care if she hears this. I don't give a shit. If she tweets something out you don't like it, just just move on with your day. Like, you don't have to tweet at her and be an asshole. Like, you don't have to tweet at Ryan Novazinski. like, oh, you're so much better at your job than Amanda. First of all, they have two different jobs. Who gives a shit? Move on with your day. And I see people on talking to each other on Twitter as devils fans, like you're a piece of shit. Like, guys, it's we're we're fans of a hockey team. Like, whether you're pessimistic, optimistic, who cares? And I see the way they people talk to you, Brad Pack, and we've had our heated discussions before, and I've said plenty of shit to you, and I'm sure you said plenty of shit to me. Yeah. But like it, it who cares? Like in the end, honestly, who cares? We're on Twitter. Twitter's a cesspool enough without us having to be assholes to each other for absolutely no reason. And purposely taking shots at people that work for the team. It's just stupid. Like, I'm sure she understands that people don't like her at this point. There's no reason to be personal about it and say, you don't like her writing. Fine. Criticize her writing. Who cares? It's unnecessary to constantly post this stuff though. It's really, really tiring. Like, and Ryan even said it like, he's like, one of the first things I had to say was like, guys, I, w- I don't know what your problem is with her, but she's been really nice to me, and we don't do the same job. So, like, I don't understand what like this constant bringing up Amanda Stein is. And I'm using her as an example, but Devil's Twitter is like, th- this is how we all got started on this, but like, Devil's Twitter has been just like a fucking nightmare lately. Like, people are just like straight up mean for no reason.
3: Yeah, I'll, I, I'll take, I'm sorry, I'll take partial blame for that. Um, for a while, she was the only outlet that was giving any updates for the devils um and i'm not saying i confuse it but i definitely didn't help the situation i certainly contributed to the the anger and everything but when and so she, have i like i have too. i'm not, I'm not sitting
1: person, here saying i'm the fucking saint but like when she's the, it's the like only God, person crazy giving
3: updates point. for the team and, it, and again i'm i'm blocked i've been blocked i think since 2017 yeah so i've been blocked for it, a long
1: ass time man yeah.
3: When when you only have one person giving you team updates and they work for the team and they're not giving you actual updates, they're talking about their shoe collection, their summer cottage, whatever the case may be, the patience wears really thin. Now, that doesn't mean to go to the, the lengths that people go to, which is exactly what you're saying which is you don't need to be a dick to her but people's patience kind of ran thin with the fact that the only updates we were getting were some were from someone who was only getting updates as she was given them not searching for them and it got confused at least that's how how I saw it um or see it or whatever the case may be but yeah definitely People are way too mean to her.
0: I can accept that uh, explanation about why people weren't happy about Amanda because all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, we had nobody cover this team anymore. But uh, fans have failed to understand what her job is since she got it. And I'm going to preface this by saying, as apparently one of the only people that's not blocked by her, I don't like Amanda Stein and it has nothing to do with the devils. (laughs) It has nothing to do with her job. It has nothing to do with her social media. I have a different reason for not liking her that if you want to slide my DMs and ask about it I'd be glad to explain it to you and if you're listening to this Amanda I know you why. know wh- you know what you fucking did oh um, and I'm never going to forget it um I'm going to slide in your DMs yeah, I'm sliding in the DMs <laughs>
2: after this <laughs>
0: Yeah I, I I've already explained it to people so I'll be happy to copy and paste it to you um so but people have not been able to understand her job she's not going to release injury information she is not going to go into the press room and ask Lindy Ruff why the power play is so bad. She is hired to be the social arm of the devil's ownership. And it is happening. This is a lo- I'm going to try not to draw this out too much. It's happening in professional sports as a whole. And I see it a lot with, with the New York Red Bulls, the other team in this area that I follow, is teams are going to try to control their own narrative. And smaller market teams like the Devils, like the Red Bulls, can control who gets in and out of their locker room, can control what's written about them. And that's what teams are doing. The only teams that can't get away with it are teams like the Rangers, the Blackhawks, the Penguins, and any team in Canada who has to let TSN and Sportsnet reporters in their locker room, because those are the rights holders. Um, You're not going to have the Larry Brooks is there's no new Larry Brooks coming. You know, there's, there's, even like Stan Fischler, like there's never going to be another one of him. And and all you're going to get is softball questions, but it's not her fault because that is her job. And you could tell Ryan Novosinski was already pissing off Tom Fitzgerald this summer when he was asking questions that weren't like pre-approved Amanda Stein questions. Maritas. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like he still like, owes
1: us an answer for that, by the way.
0: Yeah. He said he was going to dig into it for us. So I send some DMs. Yeah, remind him. He, he said he was going to dig into it. So Please stay out of Ryan's DMs <laughs> with that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's be nicer to Amanda. Um, be nicer to everybody, I'm for real. Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm, like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Like, Sh- Shayna fucking... got it
2: a lot, too, with The Athletic. And again, it's not her job. And people just took it out on her because it was, you know, they needed someone to take it out on. But Shayna is not a beat reporter. She's like an analytics person. And I'll, I'll totally admit I was guilty of it, too when I heard that um, devil's coverage for the athletic was switching over to her because we did have a beat reporter before that. So I thought, okay, the new person is the new beat reporter,
0: but Corey Massasak, Yeah,
2: right. That's just not the case. She's not a beat reporter. So people get mad at her for not reporting stuff. But again, that's just not her job. And, but you know what, you know what the
1: alternative is too. And I honestly forgot she even existed and I'm not trying to be mean. I watched her I read her articles, I saw her tweets, and I was like, eh, not really for me. Unfollow. And I moved on with my life. The I the don't tweet at her and be like, Ricky, I hate you, you suck. You're yeah, an Ricky, asshole. You're a bitch. To like, why, it's so stupid.
0: The add-on to why people were so mean to her is because she was hired to cover the Rangers and the Devils. Uh, yeah, oh, I and No, that's I, know. Not, I know. That's not her fault. And, and if we're going to ask everybody what your biggest pet peeve is about the Devils fan base, it is the Rangers complex that... Oh that everyone has, and oh, it really God. needs to stop. Um, guilty here. Yeah, well, I mean, but don't make it personal. Don't start making fun of or being a nasty asshole to this woman because she's covering oh, yeah, right. both no. teams. And, of course, she wasn't writing a lot of devil stuff. Number one, the other team she was covering was a good team and made a deep run in the playoffs. Number two, what the fuck was she going to say about the Devil's that we all needed to know? You know, right. like, there was nothing else going on. Um, the only thing that we never got information on was different injuries and stuff. And that just cause the team wasn't releasing it. So what did you expect her to do? Um, let's see how the season goes with Ryan because he's, he's good at his job, but I I warned him. I'm like, dude, you were going to get into a point in December where the team's bad and everybody's shitting on you on Twitter and you're going to have nothing to write about. So, um, a good, best of luck to you but In um, the
2: henchman I no trust yeah. me I literally had a one-on-one conversation with Ryan where I told him about the henchman and warned him about uh <laughs> certain select groups of people to, to watch Rickey? out for like Ricky uh I don't think I named Ricky but oh, okay. um um I do want to kind of touch on something you said Ricky uh and you know for anyone that already doesn't like me or has you know any pre uh thoughts about me you know <laughs> you're not going to enjoy this anyway but and you know it's going to sound a little cocky or arrogant or whatever it is but I don't give a fuck um I didn't really truly truly understand stuff like that like with Amanda and Shayna and whatever until I started getting really really regular replies and what I mean by that is I always took the stance of well they should be able to ignore it whatever just don't pay attention to it whatever you know and then When my account started getting a little more attention and, you know, again, take it however you will. I get a lot of fucking replies, you know? I I don't mean that to sound cocky or, you know, arrogant or whatever, but I get a lot of replies on my tweets. They're not nice, most of them. (laughs) Like, uh, And it's really, really hard to not look into those things and not respond to them or, you know, you do respond to something that seemed innocuous or innocent and then it turns out that person is going to be an asshole to you, you know, that was their plan and being there. um, But, but I really, really didn't, you know, empathize with that until it kind of started happening to me and I'm nowhere on their level. They get a million replies a day. You know, I get a couple hundred. Um, It's really fucking annoying and it's really hard. And Ricky, you're right. You, like people just do need to be nicer to each other because you know, even when I don't seek it out, people are in my replies being an asshole. I mean, I can't tweet anything without someone making a I reference mean, to something I've done or said, or saying, I mean, just, I'm not funny just or us whatever. tweeting,
1: just us tweeting that we were interviewing you and Vito. I mean, unfollowed. I saw, there, yeah, I saw that. Like,
2: <laughs> well, it's I, like, you, you know, like me
1: and you, like I said, me and you have disagreed. Yeah. Me and you, uh, no, well, both, <laughs> but me, I mean, me and you have disagreed a lot and I thought you're an asshole. And right. then funny. I was like, I got into this, uh, you know. You've seen it, and I've tweeted it. Like I just like stopped. I'm like, it's just fucking stupid. Like, why am I being so negative all the time and hating all these people for literally no reason? I don't know yeah. you from a fucking hole in the ground. Like, right. and 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 it's, and I don't want this to come off poorly, but it's gonna people are jealous of people that get attention and people want attention and they see you getting attention from the team and from ryan and and this person tweeted and they don't like it and because they don't like you and then they see you get attention and that just ratchets it up even more and it's part of like people just need to chill the fuck out like it's (laughs) it's not that serious
0: yeah, well, and, yeah. Br- and Brad Pack, let me expand because um, imagine how much it pisses you off and upsets you to get that hate you get and then realize 95% of the people that are tweeting this shit at you don't know your name, don't know what you look like, don't know right. what you do for a living. Amanda can tweet whether right. whether she's tweeting like, this is the devil's lineup for today or the complete other end of the spectrum, I'm back in, in Montreal at this restaurant, like... The, she immediately gets told pe- her, people's opinions on how she looks, whether people think she's overweight or not, or just different things about about being a woman that have absolutely nothing to do with right. anything. And as much as I do not like her as a person and I don't, um, <laughs> that shit has to stop.
1: Because- Let me ask yes. you a question, Andrew. Andrew, yes. what do you like less? Amanda Stein or
0: Crosswalks? Go. <laughs> what? Crosswalks. Because Amanda's only wronged me once. Crosswalks continue to, to wrong me every day. Um
3: What did you say she did to you again?
0: I didn't, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll I'll it sounds like oh, she's shit, I you.
3: yes, let's do it.
0: Um so like a year and a half ago, she tweeted, Does anybody know any realtors? Um she's looking for for a place in New Jersey. And somebody was kind enough to tag me in that, and I didn't even do anything about it. But then she sent me a DM. And I spent two days talking to her about what I could do for her, uh, what she wanted to spend, where she wanted to move to. And I was going to start looking up stuff. And we got to the point where she asked for my phone number, my information, and we were going to, it was the start, uh, it was either the trade deadline or free agency or some shit. It was a a big point in the, in the hockey calendar. And she said, well, I'm busy this week. Let's set up a call for next week. And Let's get go. Oh, you know, we'll get going. And I was going to sell her a house or something and never heard from her again. And I sent her real nice messages a couple of times like, hey, I hope everything's well. I hope everything's going well at work. Just let me know when you want to talk or whatever. And ghosted completely. And it just nothing makes me more angry than something like that. When you solicit someone for what they do for a living, how they put food on the table for their family and then just disappear and ghost them without even saying like either, you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm going to wait a while or I'm going with somebody else. There was actually a devil's fan that, that, uh, wanted to use me as his realtor. We talked on the phone, he decided to go with a different realtor. I, I appreciated that. And I still talk to the guy, but, um, that, that bothered me it's like if if someone owned a store at every sale put a meal on the table for their family and i walked in and looked at everything and then just looked at the person and said yeah fuck you and left you know that's pretty much
3: you know what to some people that might not sound like a lot but i i do the exact i i don't do the opposite i'm on the other side of the the negotiation or the whatever you want to call it um but we've been looking for a house ever since lockdown and where we're looking in central jersey is just unattainable right now. Um so Wait, where?
1: Where are you looking?
0: Fuck oh. you. Don't <laughs> first I'm in Central Jersey too. <laughs> did, I,
3: I was like, did you like not hear me? Did I break up or something? Now I know what you're getting at. Uh and, and no, the markets just uh it's not worth it. It's that's all there is to it. It's not worth it to to be in a financial hole for you know the next 10 years just to get in somewhere now. Um So my realtor and my wife was pregnant at the time. So I I told my realtor, Hey, we're gonna, you know, take it easy for now. We'll talk to you in a few months. And she got upset after like six months. Um, she had the, the loan officer reach out to us, uh, that she, we were working with, um, and was like, Hey, we just want to make sure you didn't go with, you know, someone else. And if you did just let us know. I was like, no, like I, I told you guys, like, Uh, Maybe I should have been more clear, but like you're you're who I'm gonna be working with in the future. Like I just I I wanted to see if the market slowed down, which it obviously hasn't. But uh, you know, please don't think like uh, I I just blew you off. Like I I don't want it to feel that way. And the same thing happened today because now I'm looking for cars, and uh, uh, a salesman that I was uh, messaging on line a few weeks ago called. And I was like, "Listen, man, like it's just not my the time right now. Like, there's no cars on the lot, and I really don't feel the need to to pay over the the sticker price right now. I hope you understand. Like, I'll come to you in the future because it's the same dealership that I've bought from before. But like, I, I just want you to know as, as a customer that like I will be coming to you. Just like, don't feel that I've completely ghosted. you. So that's just like you know my little." tidbit on your side of it um i I definitely understand where you're coming from being on the other side of it where someone just stops talking to you and it it can't be a a good feeling like you said being that this is what makes you survive
0: yeah well and that's why your loan officer bugged you about that because uh, people like amanda do stuff like that and and you solicit someone's business and that person thinks that they're going to make a six to ten thousand dollar commission which is you know a, a great income boost and yeah. then you never hear from them again and then you're like shit how am i going to replace that so i get it but anyway and part uh, of
1: it's too and part of it too is like what did you like what did i do wrong like what happened you know what i mean like yeah. you kind of look at yourself like you fucked something up too and i always say communication this is not like fucking groundbreaking information but communication is key to me like in any situation i deal with i don't care if if whatever is going wrong or i ordered something it's going to just just tell me don't make me call you a thousand times to figure out information about what I need or what's happening. Just tell me. Be upfront with me and we can deal with that. But don't do like that and just be like, oh, I'm not responding. And fuck you. Sorry yep. you wasted your time. That, yep, that bugs Back
2: me. to how we treat each other on Twitter. Correct. Yes. <laughs> just treat your fellow humans is better. <laughs>
3: you want me to make a fake account and start asking Amanda stein if she's selling anything
1: <laughs> i mean i'll be honest i have a second account just, and i see her tweets so i don't i don't even to have to that do back. that
0: because i i do Shut appraisals up. and and well no 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 i do appraisals no. and uh and and sales and i have access to a lot more uh, property owner information than any of you do, so I, I I will be well aware when she buys something and she hasn't yet. So uh, hopefully that, that
3: my way we can get it just for consumer purposes.
0: <laughs> hopefully <laughs> that means that she's going to be working somewhere else soon. But uh, anyway, so, all right, so yeah, we're so going to get to joke. some questions. Uh. <laughs> we're going to get uh, to some
1: questions here. we've yeah, got all the serious stuff rolling. out of the way. All right, so we got the serious shit out of the way. We like to do like a get to know your guests sort of segment. So we have some questions here. We changed them up a little bit for you guys this week, made it a little more fun. Uh, so we'll start off with the first one is, what is your favorite movie? We'll go Brad Pack first.
2: Ooh, favorite movie. That, you know what? Um, Pass. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give two answers because one is kind of like my favorite movie growing up and one you know is probably my favorite movie now. Um, growing up, I was a big, big like, stupid, funny sitcom guy, and I, I don't know what it is about this movie, but I used to watch the movie Benchwarmers for, like, I that movie. I once that a movie. week for, like, 10 years, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that movie. was, like, yeah. I had it on DVD before, you know, Netflix and whatnot, and I would just stick it in my Xbox uh, and watch it to go to sleep or whatever. So Benchwarmers, like, has been, like, for most of my life, my favorite movie. Um, I'd say in the past couple years... Uh, and I know I'm super late on seeing it. I know it came out like ten years ago, but I think uh, two years ago I watched Inglorious Bastards for the first time.
0: Amazing, movie. and
2: I think that that might—it's definitely my current favorite movie. I don't know if uh, I can I can throw it up on the all-time favorite label yet, but uh, that one is just—that's another one. that Like every few months now, I, I go back and watch that movie. Now, yeah, that
3: opening—that opening interrogation scene—it's it's insane, fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's some Bilo of the best shit I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was blown away the first time I saw that movie. Um, I need to rewatch it now. Go I'll go out.
3: two movies too, just to to keep with the the theme. Uh, all time favorite is Wedding Crashers. Um right. and then also goodfellas uh just uh, goodfellas i think is just a a perfect movie um it's the classic it's the quintessential when it's on no matter what you're doing you watch it even if it's like just starting on tnt or whatever um it's also a christmas movie just a heads up i'm gonna throw that out there it is 100 percent a christmas movie (laughs) there's a nice christmas scene in there um
2: so when i made up the henchman name i was like way 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 more on the nose than i thought i was (laughs) yeah yeah
3: um yeah those are my two favorite wedding crashers uh, i i think it's just a a perfect mix of like comedy and like drama um and again it's more like a sentimental thing uh i I worked in the wedding industry for a long time um with my dad so it's it's one of those things but those are my two favorites
1: Awesome. All right. Next Ricky, question. Well, Ricky, let's, oh. let's
0: remind everybody what's your favorite movie. <laughs> Fuck you. Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory. Anyway, moving along. No. The next wait wait wait, 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 wait. I wasn't doing that to embarrass you. I was just saying let's answer the questions ourselves. Some of the questions are new and whatever. So yours is Willy Wonka. Mine's Hot Fuzz. Next question.
1: <laughs> All right. So I changed this one up for you guys to be a little more on the nose. You're on a deserted island, and you can choose two Devil's Twitter members to be there with you. Who are you choosing?
2: Ooh. Me. Uh, definitely not Vito. yeah i
3: i would 100 <laughs> percent kill you and kill whoever i was with and eat them 100%. oh
2: this is tough i i wish hold i got on. this question Could beforehand i would have i would have like <laughs> wrote an i'm essay going, to going back through it up. my
3: followers right now to see who i can deal
2: with yeah
3: who seems oh, like an outdoorsman that would help like survive. oh that's not what i'm
2: going for here i'm just who, who do i want to be around oh be around
3: all right yeah is that the well, up to you. Know. You're on a
2: deserted island. Yeah, Whatever I you want to survive. See, or do see, I just accept the loss and? This is the fundamental difference between Vito and myself that I was yeah. explaining before. <laughs> yeah. Vito's looking for like practical people to survive. I'm just looking for people to hang out with here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that is it's real tough. Hold on um, a sec. Well, they're uh, thinking
0: ricky i would i would be glad yeah, to have yeah. you on the island with me because you're my friend and on an island we won't have cell service and you won't be able to send me tiktok videos at seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> so. okay devils.
2: oh i know my <laughs> picks go for go it, for it. Yeah. i got
3: nothing one is jock jams uh i i just think Outside of me, like, he's the funniest on he doesn't uh, like Twitter. Doesn't like me for
2: some reason. Uh, Dude, oh man, I could go on all day. That guy used to be funny and nice to me, and now he's just a huge yeah. asshole.
3: <laughs> he, he he asked the question in on the poll. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> Did, I saw. <laughs> See, like,
2: but that shit's so. I've already addressed that. I've already cleared it up. It's already been explained. Saying that is just being an asshole, you know?
3: Yeah, but that's who he is. That's you gotta accept him for who he That's just what he is. Um I,
2: I don't know him like that. He doesn't know me like that. just That's fair. <laughs> that's fair.
3: Number two, I'm going with my man Fred.
2: No oh my shot. god. I'm no going with
3: Fred. He's I getting would, us over would... the island fucking drown myself off the island I would drown myself the island, guaranteed. I have my comedic relief and jock jams I got my numbers and analytics and smarts and brains inside hold on, hold on. we are what getting Fred off is the this? island what Fred you, is this? we haven't walked you very well we'll, well butcher, we'll, we'll butcher obsess
0: Fred I haven't blocked I'd walk him into the ocean myself
3: <laughs> well right. we'll be there so you're more than welcome to join us let me know I what island have. you're at oh my
0: god
2: man <laughs> alright does 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 Ryan Novo count as a devil's Twitter guy? Sure. sure. All right. I, I Ryan uh Ryan and I have uh become pretty decent friends since he uh started. Um you know, we've hung out, we talk a fair amount. I you know, he's a really, really good guy, uh aside from his reporting and, and don't get me wrong, he does a great job in his reporting. But Ryan Ryan's a guy I've got along with very well. I would I would choose him. Uh another pick, uh, and I, <laughs> I don't think this guy would even uh think that I would pick him but low key one of my favorite accounts on Twitter is John at the bar. I don't know if you know oh John c yeah. he's yeah. a good dude. Yeah. 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 I again I, I I don't think that he would even expect me to say him. Uh but dude that guy is fucking hilarious. I love his Twitter. Uh and he he, he seems like a really good guy to hang out with. Yeah he's a nice guy. I would go Andrew and Garrett. Garrett's oh. a good pick. Garrett's cool nice. too Um, oh god Ricky Tevita I'm honestly pretty surprised you didn't pick Gianni Hmm.
3: I didn't cut out I'm just ignoring that
2: I mean, I suppose he would not be a bad
1: choice because if you had to choose, like, who you're going to eat first, I mean, you already know oh, right away. No.
3: About, I don't. I think <laughs> I, me and Gianni have talked about it, like, too, about, like, actually meeting up at a game and just, like, meeting in person. I don't think he would be nearly as, like, intolerable. No, he's in great. Person, Dude, you know what gets me about him, and he's fucking going to use this against me, is the fucking emojis he uses. <laughs> like, the laughing oh, emojis man. and you shit. Oh, you
2: are old, dude. You I'm, are old. So
3: I'm a boomer. Okay, that shit get crawls under my skin like no other dude
2: when he posts the crying laugh emoji in response to you. I literally cry laugh like it is so goddamn funny because I know you are just oh, boiling yeah. when you oh, see. it.
3: Oh, yeah, every time every um, time and you could be dead wrong too and just use it and it like triggers me. It's
2: just so condescending in the best way. I love 100%. it. 100% Um and also I'm going to throw a shameless plug out there while we're at it. But if you guys are looking to meet up, there is no better place than November 12th. Devils against Arizona. We're doing the Brat Pack group outing. A lot of people from Twitter are going to be meeting up for the first time.
3: I haven't gotten the tickets yet. I'm going to go. You're not going to the opener, right? Not to get off track from
2: the question. No, I'm not. I have uh, tickets to see Tracy Morgan in New Brunswick that night.
3: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: I think I'm actually going to be in Philly for the opener. um, I was thinking about going to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even finish answering this question because I am such a grumpy asshole with a short temper that I can't be around anybody for more than a couple hours before I start to get sick of them. It's like just it, me
1: and you high fiving on a fucking deserted island then. Even Got then it. I'm
0: okay. I'm just you're gonna say something and it's you're gonna be completely yeah, but innocent know, and you're nah, gonna but be I like, know
1: how to do I know how to deal with angry Andrew. Yeah, because I know you'll, I can I have I know cues of when you're getting angry and when to leave you alone, trust me. Yeah, be, yeah, know, because you those. could be
0: like, it's not too hot today. And I'll be like, you know what, man, shut the fuck up. I need to go to the other side of the island for like yep. six hours. Right, um, <laughs> and I'd be like,
1: all right, go to the other side of the island for six hours, and six hours will be good.
0: I, I, I'm perfectly then I'll fine come with back that. with a smile on my face like, hey, what's yeah. up, buddy? Uh, yeah, can, we get, exactly. can we get Casey on this island? Casey mm-hmm. Conlon?
3: Yeah. That's a quick way to get me off.
0: I don't know him well enough yet. I, I know so many people on Twitter that I've yet to meet in person. If um,
2: Casey was on the island, Vito would have a raft made out of turtles in an hour.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't all even right. know where I went. You guys say this, but we're going to have him on, and I'm going to give him the floor for as long as he wants to oh, no, uh, say I, all I'm, of his opinions.
2: No, I love Casey. This is this is me uh, poking fun at Vito, not Casey. Okay, Ricky, let's go. Question three. All right. (laughs) so if you could own any...
1: If you could own any sport franchise in the world, which team would it be and why?
3: Any Uh, team in the world.
1: Any sport, Um, any team. Any sport, any team. F1, whatever you want.
2: I mean, I know this is a cop-out, but I'd probably pick the Devils. No, that's a
0: good good answer. Easy answer, but good
2: answer. I mean, if we're going... Going for value, probably pick like the Yankees or something. But in terms of uh, you know, custom ability to manage my favorite team, Devils are pretty much the only option here.
0: That's Ricky's answer yeah, I mean, too. I, no, no, my chance was Manchester United. No, yeah, I, I didn't mean the team. I just meant a team yeah. that you like. Yeah, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. Well, mainly because it's like that. The same thing with like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys follow European soccer, but how far they've fallen as a, as a team. And if you were to take over a team like that and win. You're just a legend forever. Like they'll love you forever. Well,
2: that's what Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are doing with uh, Wrexham. I don't know if you guys are right. following that. Yep. that's a good yep. show.
1: Um. V, yep. to your
3: answer. Why are the Denver Bron- Denver Broncos worth so much? Not that this is my <laughs> answer or anything, but like they just, like why are they worth so much? I've never fucking understood it when like all these sales are talked about. They won that Super Bowl
2: once. Well, that's isn't it one- just because Walmart bought them? So they probably paid w- way above market.
3: I know, like, they – they, everyone else got blown out of the water in, like, you know, dollar amount wise. I'm just, like, I don't see how the – like, when you think about value in the NFL, I I know for certain I don't have them pegged as, like, a top five team.
2: No, um, I know what you mean.
3: Uh, then again, I'm me. I, I don't – you know, I'm not an NFL owner.
2: <laughs> then um, again, I'm an idiot.
3: <laughs> I'm just going to – I'm going to keep it with hockey just to to – Stay on track. Um, I've always been fascinated with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Um, they've I'm... always been a very secret liked team of mine. Uh, I, I love their fans, I love their arena. Uh, I love their, I love everything about Montreal. Um, <laughs> they would be my pick just because going back to what you guys said earlier, you win there, it's a different type of winning. Um, you're you're etched in hockey history forever it's not like a win that is ever going to be fought, forgot about again uh yeah just montreal that's my answer
0: that's a great answer uh i love montreal i'm there several times a year really? my, my wife has the montreal city logo tattooed on her arm actually wow
2: um
0: my answer is new york city football club with the <laughs> pure uh motivation of immediately bouncing checks and having them fold and no longer exist um <laughs> next question
1: If you had a choice between two superpowers, either being invisible or flying, which would you choose and why?
2: Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with flying. Why? I feel like, for the most part, when people want to be invisible, it's because they want to do sketchy shit. Uh... That sounds like Vito. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like flying would just uh, benefit well in this scenario i'm the only one that can fly right yes okay yeah so i mean i would never deal with traffic again i would never pay for airfare again i would like in terms of life practicality flying is definitely the answer but if you're trying to like pull some scumbag shit like you know go in the girl's locker room then you choose being invisible right Vito?
3: (laughs) Vito, comment i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it at being invisible (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, I,
1: I I would choose flying just for, just because I'm lazy. Like I like oh I gotta go to work. I just fly there. I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to buy gas. I want to go to Florida. I want to go on vacation. I'm flying
0: there. I don't need a shit. Oh, yeah. so if those are the only two choices, I would go with being invisible just because I have anxiety and I absolutely hate public attention. So I'd be able to, you know, do my thing and not. Have anybody pay attention to me? But if those weren't right. the only two choices, wink, I would wink, wink. I would say that I, I would want my I would, <laughs> I would want my superpower to be that my farts smell like ready to eat pizza. Um, oh
2: God! Just because
0: I'm so afraid to fart in public, I just have so much anxiety about those oh, things. Then I just God. let them rip, and people would be like, "Ooh, pizza somewhere." Um, next question.
1: All right. <laughs> so, so, would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck?
3: Ducks are pretty big. I'm going one-on-one, one-v-one combat. I feel like I have the best odds.
2: See, i I understand that this analogy has to, you know, reciprocate for the the sake of one versus a hundred. But I feel like a horse-sized horse is much scarier than uh, a horse-sized duck. I feel like one-on-one, I could take a very large duck. However, for the sake of having fun. I would love to like just get a whole group of those little horses together and just kick them just like kick like 5 of them <laughs> at one time. So, I think I could just, beat the one, but just I'm like going to pick the 100.
1: Pick one pick one of them up and beat the rest
0: of them with it. Yeah. yeah. I, fe- it so, would yeah. I feel so be interesting. I think that's like exactly gonna... mine and Ricky's answer just to be able to kick a bunch yeah. of tiny horses. We <laughs> talked about that earlier, yeah. Vito. Yeah, no,
2: so
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick the 100 just for fun. Well, now I think I'm changing my answer. Do the hor- do horses bite?
0: They yes. kick and kill you with they with bite, their kicks. Yes. Oh
3: yeah. I'm just thinking like, all right, sub out horse for dog. Like a hundred tiny dogs, that would suck. Um, I'm going one v one combat. I'm going the one horse sized <laughs> duck.
0: You gotta hope it's not one of those Witcher fights where you have to spend like six hours doing side quests acquiring potions before you fight no, the thing. Especially but...
3: if I can like grab like a stick or something real quick, I could easily take the duck. It's only got the beak.
2: Dude, right. a bag of bread, and you'd be set. Yeah, I'm there fine. There you go.
0: I got the um, All right, second half of the questions. We got five more to go. Uh, what? Say you've done something so bad, you're now going to be put to death. What is your electric chair meal?
1: Hmm. Let's say, let's say you killed 100 duck-sized horses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you are just exhausted at this point. So what's
1: my death row meal?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah.
3: Ooh. Um... Is there, there like, a limit to what you could do?
0: No, I mean, mine is very specific. It's the pork, uh, the bonus spare rib with pork fried rice and uh, crab rangoon combo from my local Chinese Mm -hmm. joint. But Ricky's is sandwiches or cheesesteak. So (laughs) you could be as broader. You
1: just don't know me at all. That was not my answer. You said cheesesteak from this
0: place that doesn't make them anymore. You can't get them from there anymore. No,
1: you specifically asked me if if my favorite sandwich and i said a cheesesteak that was not the
0: answer to this question but continue uh, your answer was sandwiches was not go okay. ahead anyway
2: i think uh i think my answer is going to be a good cajun low country boil Ooh. uh got get a get a lot of good shrimp going get the sausage going get the you know potatoes corn i'm a big uh soul food down south kind of guy uh my mom lives down south so I, I'd, I'd probably probably call her in for that. Alright, Vito?
0: I'm going to do
3: three items from separate places. And I'm just going to do three because <laughs> I could literally sit here all day talking about like all the fucking different things that I would get. I'm going to do Southwest Egg Rolls from Chili's. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to do a lobster roll from Boondocks in Red Bank. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think, like, what I, what I want to do is this third. Dude, the chilies um, will
2: kill you before the electric chair. You're going
0: to leave one hell of a fucking cleanup for this, people. Oh, after you you Oh yeah, fuck. That's going to be fuck.
3: awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we do a smash burger that I made.
0: Hell, yeah. You, see, I, you need I, all the ingredients I, in a grill.
3: Every, yeah, no. I have a nice flat top uh, griddle that I do smash burgers on. Uh, that's yeah, but like my way, like I do in and out style with like an in and out sauce and everything. Those oh, are my
0: beautiful. three. Um, Ricky, I know you had a different answer for this one. That was very much more sentimental. So what is it?
1: No, my grand my grandmother's no longer with us. Her
0: pasta al. Ooh, okay,
2: that's a good it's answer. Probably
0: delicious. Grandma's us yeah. make the best food. Um. Next, if someone gave you fifty thousand dollars to start your own business, what would it be? Hmm. Business. For
1: a me, storefront. A storefront for, for Brad Pack merchandise. I was going
2: to say it's probably Brad <laughs> Pack seed money. For being honest, there
3: you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I would sell so many goddamn T-shirts.
3: <laughs> I think a food truck or something food related. Uh, just as I, I love cooking. Um, yeah, that'd be sick. And barbecuing and grilling and stuff. Uh, it wouldn't be a pizzeria. I just think there are way too many pizzerias around. Um
2: In New Jersey, really? I never noticed.
3: Okay, thanks, Rick.
2: Isn't <laughs> that one of those things uh, when CC Sabathia joined the Yankees? There's a radio host that was like, "I don't know about this. There's too many pizzerias around here."
3: I think. I, I think it would be a food truck.
2: Like right. the town I live in, our
1: main street has. One, two, three, four, six pizza places on one street. God damn. Not enough.
0: What's uh yeah. what's your answer, Ricky? Obviously not another pizza joint then.
1: Oh me? I didn't even think about this. Uh
0: you go. I, I mean I'm sure it would cost more than fifty thousand dollars. I'd like to open another location of watches of Switzerland, but um that's just me.
1: I'll tell you what I I'm, I'm not even joking I would figure out a way to open up a Raising Cane's here in New Jersey cuz I think it would make a fucking killing. Was it good? Was We're it that good? On. Dude, it was so good. I'm telling you my kid doesn't like anything and she was I was in the car with her the other day and she's like, can we go to Raising Cane's?" I'm like, "There aren't any around." And she's like, "Why?" "I want to go. It was so good." What is the Just sauce good. comparable to? I didn't So I'm not a huge dipping sauce guy, so it wasn't like the sauce wasn't amazing. The fucking garlic bread, the chicken, just, it was just so good. The fry
0: everything was so good. All right. Three more questions. We're almost done, folks. Uh if you could choose one song to play every time you walk into a room for the rest of your life, oh to B and Y. Mine's Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine, because the beginning of that song, you just you can't top that shit.
2: Oh man. Uh actually, you know what? I'm gonna go, uh I know um it's kind of already been done for for the reason i'm about to say but it it used to be uh cm punk's entrance music uh back when it was on like monday night raw in like 2009 but it's uh this fire burns um by killswitch engage it just it just absolutely rips right at the beginning of the song and uh it's an insane entrance music
0: yeah CM punk's being a bit of a dick lately i but...
2: heard yeah i don't I, <laughs> I i only vouch for him until like 2012 <laughs> yeah there you go I'm going whop. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <Breaking>? Um <laughs> no further but, explanation. And, no notes. <laughs> it,
3: it, it, I I played it. I had the DJ play it as me and my wife walked down the aisle and she didn't know it was happening. And I think it's like my favorite like memory of us like in the 10 years we've been together, like seeing her face and like all our family and friends like piss themselves laughing. Um I'm so- <sighs>
0: I'm so glad other people do weird shit like that. We hired a, a classical guitar player to play Ramstein songs as we walked out. Wow. My, uh, my wife's maid of
1: honors, last name was Beagle, and uh, we, had, we had them play Who Let The Dogs Out When They Walked <laughs> That's great. Life's about those moments when
3: you
0: just got to fucking
3: like do small funny shit every now and then just to you know, keep sure. everyone
0: humble. Just then to remember it that you didn't yes. do like just you know standard shit. Ricky, what is your entrance music?
1: Uh, honestly the first thing that came to my mind was the safety dance, and I really don't know why, but I'm gonna go with that.
0: Fine. Uh two more. What is your guilty pleasure? Could be a TV show, movie, music. I always say uh, for me Taylor Swift.
3: Mm, see That's a good one.
1: Mine's That's... the entire step up movie collection. And I can't dance worth <laughs> a shit.
2: <laughs> um so i have a very very firm policy on guilty pleasures that i don't have guilty pleasures because i proudly rep everything that i like and have you know have no shame or guilt in that however i i you know understand the vibe of the question um and i would go with reality tv i i get sucked in so hard by shows like you know, Jersey Shore and the Circle and stuff like that. And I hate it. Oh god, I hate it. Um every moment I watch is just, you know, it's just terrible. But I I can't stop. I just can't stop. Good answer though. Vito?
3: One of my favorite movies is he's just not that into you. Um I think that's definitely <laughs> oh, top I of love the
2: list. chick flicks. <laughs> that and yeah. I
3: love like late nineties, early two thousands like Michelle Branch type music.
2: Everywhere, Ooh. baby, everywhere.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. Br- Rat Pack. I have to have less shame like you because I always say I listen to Taylor Swift songs on YouTube so it doesn't show up in, in people. My no friends' shot. Spotify feeds oh that they uh, <laughs> that I'm
2: listening to. It. <laughs> yeah. No. I. You know. I, I. You know. I'll go too far into it, but um, the the type of music I listened to, uh, especially growing up, was like what people consider like emo, screamo. You know, cut yourself music or whatever to to like normal people and. I had a friend in high school who, you know, when that question came up, like, what are your guilty pleasures or something? We were always kind of taught to be, like, kind of secretive, hidden, ashamed of, like, the type of music we listen to. And this one friend was just like, fuck that. Like, why should we be guilty about things we like? Like, you know, there should be no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Like, if you like something, just like it. Like, you don't have to do that. And it just kind of stuck with me for life. That's a
0: good point. Um, yeah, no shame in liking something, even if people have something to say about I it. Think,
1: I think in this culture now, it's way more accepted than back when I was a kid. Like, back when I was a kid, there was actual bullying. So, like, <laughs> you know, you couldn't do that stuff. You couldn't say that stuff. But now you can't bully anybody. And some people really, let's be honest, deserve to be bullied.
2: But <laughs> let's not—we're not have, we're not going to have that
0: conversation here.
2: I'm sure a lot of your listeners think I should be bullied.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see what people's thoughts about uh, this episode and... Hopefully yeah. everybody changes their mind on you, you know? I hope um, so. Last question in this part. You're the president. Congratulations. Worst job in the world. Uh, and, but you get to sell one state. What state are you getting rid of?
2: Oh, this is a fucking loaded question for me. Fuck Ohio. I would punt it into the sun. I'd sell it for free. Zero dollars. Oh, Second my, least yeah, favorite who, state. You are right. Who are we selling it to?
0: Oh, I mean, that's really never here nor there. I mean, me, it's Florida. I would sell Florida back to Mexico, but Florida could really go wherever the fuck it wants. It just has to leave.
3: I'm selling New York, dude. I fucking hate New York and I hate New Yorkers.
0: I have I'm, to say I... New York City, Queens, the boroughs, Long Island, Staten Island. Absolutely. But I love New York State. It is such a different upstate place. New
3: York, yeah, I, I don't even yeah. count upstate New York in that answer. Uh, everything east of New York State, that's counted yes. as New York.
1: yes. My answer, unequivocally, is California. Man. The entire state can just float off into the ocean.
0: Out of I'll four people, how I am I the only Florida? But I do get, yeah, fuck Ohio. I love
2: Florida, I'm not going to lie. Florida would have been my second option, but Ohio just can't get a pass here. Did
1: yeah. you watch Devil in Ohio, by the way, on Netflix?
2: No. Nope. Okay, Should watch it,
1: it's a good one. Yeah, it's good.
2: Uh, um, most of my Ohio uh, hate has really just stemmed from the Johnny Gutrell jokes. <laughs>
0: oh me is a road trip i took there one day um when the red bulls made the conference finals in 2015 me and five other people rented a chevy tahoe drove overnight to columbus ohio to watch the red bulls lose two nothing in 12 degree weather and then drove home oh, and God. Uh, so forever hate that fucking place that's a
3: miserable fucking drive through pa it is
0: it's so boring yeah and it's boring during the day, but especially in the middle of the night of Route 80. Like, But then the sun rose in Ohio, and the first thing we saw was a horse and buggy and an Amish person on the side of the road. And we're like, what the fuck are we <laughs> doing here? Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it for those questions. Ricky, uh, introduce us. All our... right. So we have our,
1: our last segment. We always do the last take. So we need your hottest take. And you heard me talking about Andrew's hatred of uh, crosswalks earlier. Change uh, it up Andrew... sleep, Oh, OK. All right. So that's that's usually Andrew's hottest take, but uh, I'll I'll start off with mine because I am never changing this answer. Bruce Springsteen is a fucking terrible musician. And his music
0: sucks. Amen, brother.
1: Can I just do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't use my answer. No. Oh well, he already said yeah. He said yeah before you said no. No, you can't
0: use your end. If you can't really use can't answer. you really can't think of anything else, I'm sure no, you no. can. No, no,
1: I do. Agree.
3: Bon
2: Jovi sucks.
3: I hate, sucks. Bruce. I hate <laughs> Bruce. I hate Bon Jovi. There you go. Fuck
2: bunch of. So I have one I think it's less of a hot take and more of just an idea I've had that I've I've pushed on to my family and friends. But I believe every road, street, anything with a speed limit should have a soft speed limit and a hard speed limit, not just one. Because I'm tired of cops getting to decide when they're going to pull you over, judging by how far over you're going, or it being totally up to their discretion, you know, what they're doing here. I want a limit of, here's what we recommend, and a limit of, if you are going over this speed, you will get pulled over, you will get a ticket. Um, you know, on a highway, like, you know, 95, let's say, If 65 is the soft speed limit and 75 is the hard speed limit, fine. If you go over 75 and a cop sees you, you know you're getting pulled over. You know you're getting a ticket. But until that point, they should leave you the fuck alone. And under that point, if you're going at least 65, like, again, like, no one should get mad at you. That's the soft speed limit. That's fine. Um, As long as you're in that range, you're cool. But I am so tired of, like cops being able to like make decisions on stuff like that i think it should be uniform and i think it should be um you know a, a standard across the board
0: I get where you're going with that but i feel like if you say the speed limit's 65 and you're gonna get pulled over if you do more than 10 miles an hour over that like the way New Jerseyans work is, OK, well, now the speed limit's 75, and I'm going to go 90. <laughs>
2: exactly. um, but, unless you, but that happens now.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, unless you'd like more of a Canadian system, their highways have a minimum and a maximum. So you have to travel. So it's 60 kilometers an hour to 100. So you have to be going somewhere between 40 and 60. And they heavily actually enforce uh, the speed limit up there to the point where when you get into, like, rural Ontario or, or Quebec um, – everyone is doing the speed limit in the right lane and they only go in the left lane to pass and then right back into the right lane. It is, it is bizarre.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, people should do that here. Um, cause, yeah. cause w- what good, like on a, on a highway that says 65, what good is 65? If you know, I can go 70 and no one's going to pull me over. If I can go 72, 73, no one's going to pull me over. I got people going 85 anyway. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. 65 is, you know, at a point almost arbitrary because are they gonna pull you over if you're going 66? No they're not so what does 65 actually mean? Nothing.
0: Sounds so, like you're it sounds like you're an old grumpy man like me and when somebody and when you're doing the speed limit and somebody blows by you on the parkway doing 90, you immediately think, where are the fucking cops? You know?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm actually coming from from the other way of I'd like to be able to go 74, 75 and know that I'm not going to get pulled over rather than, you know, the alternative of having to guess, you know,
0: that's true. Um, so mine, I, I use this more of to, to air my grievances, uh, pet peeves. Usually it's crosswalks. Listen to prior episodes uh, to hear about my disdain for crosswalks. I'm changing it this week because it just happened to me again. The other day is when you go to a restaurant and, or a diner or something, and you ask for a glass of water, and they immediately bring it to you with a gigantic gross wedge of lemon into it, in it. Who the fuck asked for that? Like, And a paper per, straw. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. yeah, paper straws can, can suck it. But uh, the lemon and in the literally, water. <laughs> like, you're, exactly. You're asking for water, which has no taste. And then you're adding a, a moldy-ass piece of fruit to change, like, just get lemonade. Put the water on the side. Make it my choice. But, like, don't. That's like going to a restaurant and ordering a steak and they bring you spaghetti. And they're like, we thought you'd like this instead.
3: You <laughs> so know when the peel we. is like the peel is black, and you could tell it's been sitting there for a long time.
0: Yeah, and even when they stick it on the rim of the glass, to where only a little bit of the lemon is in the water, you still taste that shit, and it's gross. I like
3: lemon water too, but I completely agree with that. Unless you're asking for lemon water, just bring regular water.
0: Yeah, because it tastes like you had a glass of lemonade with ice, and you drank the lemonade, and then the ice melted, and that's what it tastes like. Yeah, that it's gross. Are we done? It's been a long time. <laughs> I think <laughs> we're done. <laughs> I didn't go. What the fuck is this? Oh, you didn't. Wait. Oh, I thought you were piggybacking on the Bruce Springsteen thing. But no, 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 no.
3: Nice and quick. The superior way to drink orange juice is with pulp in it.
0: Oh, fuck that's you, so yeah. gross. So
3: fuck gross. You. Get
1: the fuck you. fuck out of here. so i'll give you a funny story uh and when i was a kid growing up my mother would go to the grocery store and be like you want anything and no matter what me or my sister would tell her she would get the wrong item like no matter what it was so one day i was like i want orange juice but i want with no pulp pulp is fucking disgusting so she comes back from the grocery store with orange juice and i swear on my daughter's life and i've never seen this before the the label on the orange juice said most pulp. Yep. Not like pulp, not like some pulp. Most pulp, like the most Maximum pulp you could pulp. possibly fucking put into an orange juice container. This shit was like 95% pulp, 5% orange juice. I'm like, are great. you fucking kidding me? Like, did you say this on purpose? And
3: that great job, su- Renee. That's the superior way to drink it.
0: I agree <laughs> no, with you. No, it's not. You're wrong. <laughs> I
3: agree with Disgusting. you. You're totally right, well,
0: wrong. We're going to end on that note. Um... Thank you both for coming to, to hang out with us. We'll definitely do this again during the season. Um If you've listened up till this point, thank you very much. Uh, and uh, I got I got nothing else to say. Anybody else?
2: I'm yeah, good, I mean, man. This was fun. This is awesome. I, I mean, we went over two hours already, and I feel like we could probably go all night if we we really wanted to. Um, yes, we
1: we cut a segment, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh my God, we had really? much more to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we
2: didn't even
3: talk about the devil.
2: I mean, uh. I think Vito is right. You can make this a two part series, (laughs) but um, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I really did have a lot of fun and I really hope that, you know, people that listen at least to a decent amount of the episode will kind of come to the conclusion uh, that we talked about before of, you know, we do really need to be nicer to each other in terms of we're all rooting for the same team here. We're all fans of the same team. Uh, You know, it it, kind of gets out of hand at times and when it really, really shouldn't. Um, So I appreciate you guys for having me, Vito. It's it's been fun as always. Um, And the only thing that I request at the end here is uh, I close out all of my Twitter Spaces the same way. And I'm actually like a huge dick because I go on other people's shows and then ask them to do the same thing. But I would really appreciate it if we could close out with a Jesper Bratt as the best player in the NHL. (laughs) All
0: right. Before we do that, if uh, what Brad Pack said, let's stop being dicks to people. But if you if you have to, send me a DM. (laughs) <laughs> and let's come on the show and yeah. be dicks to people for where we content. can all hear about it. Yeah, for content, challenge somebody to a verbal uh, duel. <laughs> and let's fucking do that. There is one of those bugs with a thousand legs like 10 feet away from me. I'm going to kill it. Okay. I hate those things oh, so the much. The long
3: creepy crawlies? Yeah. Silverfish? Yeah, they come, yep. they come in now that... Dude, I, I have our, our Dyson like, right next to my desk in my office because they seep in through... The, the ceiling here and they literally crawl down the fucking wall and i just snipe them
0: but no shit i'm about to smash it and he just looked at me and said jesper bratz the best player in the nhl hey and now he's <laughs> I, dead yep i just smushed him all right thanks everybody for listening have, nice words. have a lovely week uh and that's it